2: Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the contact section, and you can reach me that way as well works for me, just get a hold of me. If you want more shows on a weekly basis, go to the confessionalspodcast.com. Hit the join button and you can become a member today. Get access to Thursday shows, which are member only shows. Tuesday shows, ad free and overtime segments when they're available right there on the website and the Castos app. And if you are looking to EMP-proof your home because, you know, the balloons and all and EMP possibilities, you want to go to empshield.com. And upon checkout, you can use promo code TONY. It's actually a coupon code TONY, and you will get $50 off every device you order off of empshield.com. Link is in the description of this episode, and there is also a link next to it that shows you the episode I did with EMP Shield talking about the devices if you want more information. And last but not least, we want to tell you, once again, we have Expedition Dogman here available on Amazon, Tubi, and on demand at Merkle.media. If you haven't watched it yet, go ahead and check it out. Everybody said, all the kids say it's amazing and you should definitely check it out. So uh, if you want to do that, go ahead and do that. But today we got some in-studio guests here. We got some great, awesome... Awesome guys We got Shane Cashman And Wesley Should I say your last name? Uh, R-O-T-H R-O-T-H Roth roth gotcha okay i only know him as wesley actually i didn't know you as wesley until i i think you said wesley because on your instagram it's a roth right w a roth or Aaron roth
0: Roth it's just a play on w axel rose (laughs) (laughs) whatever
2: i I was like i don't know what this guy's name is w i'm just gonna call him w um but yeah international man of mystery (laughs) yeah so uh you guys are here in the house today in studio uh, you guys reign from Cast Castle, yeah, right? Yeah. Tim Pool's crew. Yep. Um, how how should I officially say it?
1: Uh, Cast?
0: is that what you guys come We're from? Like, we is it got
1: a, multifaceted. I'm like in the Timcast newsroom.
0: You're I how would am. You say you, what, you, what are you? The, I'm the director of Cast Castle, um, which right. is the Not blog. The, yeah. Well, it was a vlog now. It's yeah. The sitcom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know what Timcast Media Group. Is yeah. What? Yeah. That's our. That's our. What's the group. What's the official name of his company? Uh, Timcast Media Group. Yeah. Well,
2: there you go. Yeah. We got yeah. two guys here from Timcast Media Group. I like the name of that. Merkel Media Group. Hmm. We might need to change the name of the company. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway. So uh, just so people understand, uh, if you don't know who. Uh, tim pool is he what would you guys say he is like a, a political cultural commentary guy on yeah. on youtube yeah. yeah but he's a massive follower on
0: the ground reporter yeah
2: um, yeah
1: uh what would you, what you he say? got his start you know reporting on occupy wall yeah. street kind of 24 7 live streaming
0: blip inventor
1: oh yeah bl- yeah. yeah check his wikipedia page yeah. it says he invented a blimp uh but, but yeah he went from that <laughs> to uh you know, I think he was in Egypt for the part of the revolution. I think it yep. was. Yeah, he's in. Yeah, saw some war zones, and now, yeah, he's got. You know, he he reports on the news every day from where we are in like the Harper's Ferry, DC area, and yeah. now he's got us. Let's back this, ba- yeah, this ragtag like group a
0: mini conglomerate, um, <laughs> media conglomerate. This band of misfits. Yeah, <laughs> that is a really good way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how it
1: feels. We're just like all these like
0: weirdos, weird, yeah, weird malcontents. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of people who have, are used to being the voice of reason in the room and we put all of them together. It's very, uh, kinetic and weird. Yeah. Uh, most of us are fairly anti-establishment, yeah. uh, but we disagree and agree on
1: lots of things, yeah. you know? So, but it's, it's a cool place to work. We're just doing, I think we both have our dream job.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. You like in ways that I never thought possible. I never you? thought uh, I
1: would say that in my yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> like a, but like, we are like right? we're doing crazy stuff, but yeah. very different. Like you're, you're, you know, writing a sitcom yeah. and I'm doing all the weird stuff I'm doing. And no, it's weird. rad yeah. <laughs> it's rad and we get to talk to this guy yeah which is how Sorry you know like that. you're good it was crazy how we met like on instagram yeah you you snuck into the dm I, 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 I think or into, you commented i actually. slid
2: into those dms yeah no, yeah, no I, I, I did too. i slid into the dm yeah.
1: yeah and it was incredible i was and, like you
2: know, <gasps> <laughs> yeah. oh yeah it's this beautiful so, man we'll, we'll get to that in a second <laughs> um so yeah I, I what happened was actually let me, let me rewind and tell you before i forget mm. uh so when somebody follows me on Instagram, I see it, and I mean, the the confessionals I don't see. I, I don't venture over there unless I'm posting something. But my personal I hang out on a lot. Yeah. And um, when somebody follows me, I see it, and you know you you see the profile picture, and you know sometimes you see the the thirsties in there, and they're like oh, block, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't need any of that drama in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you can tell by their profile picture. Some people have really good profile pictures, and you're like, oh, they might be somebody. So let me just click on their profile to right. see if they have a following and should I know who they are kind of thing. Right. And um, when I clicked on your profile, Wesley, uh, it said about, well, he was following you and it said something about Tim Cass. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Let me give him a follow and stuff. And then I forget what maybe slide into your DMs, but <laughs> I, I think I started off with, hey, big boy, or something like that. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't get such a nice message. I mean,
2: what, the, what the hell? Well, you know, <laughs> just I, I like the long hair. <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, so with with Shane... I, uh, I was driving and a lot of people, like I said about the expedition dog, man, I mean, yeah. it's been out for a while. Uh, but when I was driving from Philadelphia area to Kentucky to film that I left early morning and I was driving through middle of Pennsylvania. It's probably about four o'clock in the morning. And I'm talking like nothing out there. Um, if people aren't familiar with Pennsylvania, if they're from California, they might think, Oh, Pennsylvania is a city like Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Like there's Philadelphia, there's Pittsburgh, and there's a whole lot of nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm driving through the dark part of Pennsylvania mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm listening to Tim pool mm. and he it was during October and he was doing this, uh, like, like spooky month or something. Like he was trying to, you know, talk to people with, you know, spooky stories. I was like, pick me, pick me. Uh, but, <laughs> you uh, should have chatted. <laughs> well, I, I, it wasn't live, it was on replay. All right. And, uh, that's not safe while you're driving, <laughs> but
1: uh, <laughs> that's right, kids.
2: Yes. Uh, but you're on there, Shane, yeah. and you're talking about stuff and I'm, I'm driving to Kentucky to hunt a dog, man. And you start telling this story about, and we're going to get to this story. We're not going to get to it right now because we're introducing you guys. But um, you start telling a story about a woman who went to a school of mystery and one of the classes or something, they were opening portals. And she talked about seeing an upright walking dog walk through the portal. And I was just like, I literally, I'm not kidding. I say this every time. I looked in my back seat. I saw 250 rounds of double-op buck. And I was like, I don't think I have enough. <laughs> and oh, I love that the experience we had on that journey. No, we didn't catch a, a or a bigfoot, but a dogman on film. But there is something very paranormal about these creatures. Yeah. Obviously, with what you said, right? But uh, and I, I have a lot of information I'm going to be dropping on the new podcast that we're developing that's going to back up what you said. Yeah. But um, the, the there's something paranormal about these things where. You say that I'm walking through the Daniel Boone forest all day or all week. Yep. And we come we we come to this turn in the road where we believe there's a watering hole, uh, that is probably about, I don't know, hundred, 200 feet up a hill. And so me and Kyle, the star of the show, uh, start walking the hill to go see if it's there. We left the camera guy, uh, Joel, uh, let's just call him by names. Camera guy is Ward. uh, Joel and Christian down the path. And, While we're going up the hill, they're yelling for us to come back in a frantic. I'm like, what the heck, you know, it finally got them, you know? And uh, they said that when we started leaving, there was a tree in front of them and it was a big thick tree. I'm talking like, it's probably like that big, you know? Uh, Anybody listening right now, it's about that big. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, this, bit, this might be on YouTube. This conversation might be on YouTube. Just letting you guys know, go ahead, check it out. If it's not there, then, you know, I decided I didn't have enough time to produce it. So, <laughs> um, but, um, there's a big tree and it started shaking back and forth and they didn't, they couldn't see what was shaking. It was only this one tree just swaying hard back and forth violently. And, uh, and there's more to the story but but Joel saw it first looked back at Christian said did you see that and just again it happened again Christian looks up sees it again and they both saw it mm. and um and of course we we come under scrutiny because it's like why didn't you catch it on film
3: mm.
2: I, I don't know ward wasn't doing his job i guess i don't know <laughs> ward was taking a breather he ward was carrying a huge heavy rig literally off trails all week long for miles through the Daniel Boone National Forest for my stupid butt not even paying him. Like, I'm like, Hey, you want to go hunt dog man? He's like, sure, I guess. You know, this is guy like Ward is a professional cameraman. He does it for a living. He used to work for Glenn Beck and he's walking through the forest with me looking for a monster, (laughs) you know? So like, sorry, he had to take a water break. You know, we all thought it was a breather time where me and Kyle were going to go see if the water was up. Anyways, long story short, dog man, probably paranormal. So <laughs> probably yeah. probably
1: um, I love that we were talking about it and it had that reaction to you like I just love thinking about people telling a story and then you having like a physical reaction of like looking in the back seat yeah. and being like and being on that journey already mm. it's so beautiful that in its own right is is odd you know seriously yeah like like
2: like there's certain things that I since I've been doing this that have happened where whether it's it's crazy weird or just almost coincidental mm-hmm. uh Like that, I would say is if you don't believe in coincidences, then it's on the verge of it, right? But it's like I think it's it's like wow, man, that's kind of weird, you know? Almost like the stars align. There's something
1: beautiful mapped out that we're kind of surfing on right now. Yeah, and 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 that's an experience.
2: I just think that it's just um, it's it's crazy how it's all come together. But that's how I found out about you, and uh, I shot you a DM uh, at some point after (laughs) that, and uh, I, I was telling you earlier, I I don't really i shoot people dms all the time you know yeah. and i don't really chase it though if they don't answer they don't answer and right. probably dming is probably not the best way because it's not the best way for me yeah i just too lazy to go over to find their website and find an email
1: <laughs> so i'm just like whatever no it worked out i immediately i was like oh this guy's got a cool page and i was like i'm booking guests now uh because i was doing the members only at that point which is like a that was like a short run just because it turned into a whole other thing and maybe at some point we'll do like a weekly thing but i did probably 12 or 13 episodes that went along with that first book for the inverted world and I forget where you were in there, but um, that was such a fun episode talking mm. to you. Like, I was like, I told you earlier, how I had this like crazy panic attack that day, and I was thinking about, you know, I had to pull over my car on the way because I'm driving from New York to West Virginia. <clears throat> I'm like, I'm gonna meet Tony Merkel. I'm gonna be totally normal, right? <laughs> Not that I had to be, but um, I had that crazy panic attack and was thinking about like just like the way the Bible was gonna calm me down.
3: Mm.
1: And then we had this great t- conversation. That kind of. Wound up talking about religion and yeah. you know finding churches that accept uh, UFOs and yeah. <laughs> aliens and stuff. Everybody listening
2: right now is like, "Yeah, that sounds like Tony."
1: <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, this is great." But yeah. That was such a fun episode. Yeah. It was cool how that worked out. Again, kind of like the reverse of you hearing me talk about the dog man. Yeah, I was getting to the Bible to calm me down, and then you had this great conversation about the Bible and that was- I hadn't thought about prior.
2: It, it was that—that was during like a more spiritual waking moment in your life. I was getting there time. for sure, yeah, yeah. definitely. That's it, cool. it. Seemed like
1: it was the only thing that could calm me down, yeah, and uh, and it did. That's know? cool. <clears throat> and when I showed up. I was like, I hope I don't look shell shocked to Tony,
2: but I guess I didn't. I guess <laughs> no, I played I, it
1: off pretty cool. You seemed
2: fine. That's I, good. I, uh, I I so I, I show up at the the cast castle and, and we we do that recording and uh, I got to meet uh, Brett and he yep. was a cool dude. And, um, it was just a, it was a cool vibe in there and stuff. Uh, and, and something was happening that night that I think it was like a meeting or something you had to get to and stuff. Cause after we were done, you no, know, we were recording, we were being too loud. I think I, knowing me, I was probably getting too loud and they said that we, they were getting ready to record, uh, oh, go God live for still, Tim's show.
1: I was going right up against IRL. Yeah, It was like the <laughs> vent that wasn't fully soundproof. So we had to like, Brett was like, oh my, I'm like, oh man, I'm sorry, dude. Yeah. yeah. So this is our, this is our round two. <laughs> yeah, finally, yeah.
2: Tim's like. <laughs> Do you guys hear something about Nephilim right now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's like banging on yeah. the roof of the room.
2: <laughs> He's like, get that weirdo to just yeah. shut up. Yeah. <laughs> He's never coming back, and I haven't been back since. Yeah, so,
0: <laughs> oh, was yeah. that up in the uh, but, old studio? Yeah, we, oh, okay. we were in the old yeah.
1: studio yeah. at that point. Yeah,
0: the pop culture studio. Yeah, but
1: but yeah. you will be back when I have my other studio. Which yeah, be, this is on like an old house. So I did I did that music video that Tim did for his song, and it takes place in that house which is like, I want to say it's like 1920 maybe-ish. Is it around
2: there? So where you guys shot the music video is going to be new studios?
1: Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, I get like an old room upstairs and turning into it's just a simple little studio. That seems very Shane.
0: It's not. Dude, it's a really cool studio.
1: Well, I mean, it's cool, but like I want it to be very like simple, you know, I would like just painting the walls dark and making it moody and it's going to be, you know, kind of like Set in the, the Victor. I want it to be like Victorian, but not too ridiculous. Because that's how I live at yeah. home. I live like I'm, you know, a time traveler. <laughs> but I only go back.
2: Uh yeah. I mean, you said you don't have TV, you don't have microwaves, mm-hmm. no plastic. No plastic. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yep. That's it's, no cool. Jokes. It's the way to go. No yeah, jokes. Yeah. We're very me. serious. Yeah. yeah. No singing, no birthdays. Now we're not that far. <laughs> I I do keep joking that we're gonna be amish at this rate. No like I'll get rid of the car. Um, I just, I like all the noise that we get through our phones and everything. Mm -hmm. I just, I get too distracted and I, we got a lot going on. You know, we're all busy. My wife and I both work the kids and I want them to just enjoy their lives. And the TV just to me always felt like a, this like ghoulish centerpiece in a house that Mm. distracts everyone. You don't have conversations anymore. And that's just how it was growing up for me because my parents paid more attention to the TV. So maybe I'm taking it out on my kids by making them not have TV but they don't miss it. I mean, they get there sometimes an iPad here and there, but it's very rare. And, uh, I just want them to have like fun outside, Yeah, you know, go explore and do, grow up to do the things we do.
2: I think there's a lot of parents right now that feel those, that sentiment. I mean, they're, they're just like, man, I just got to find a way to get my kids unplugged because it's too easy to get plugged in the matrix so early, you mm-hmm. know, and then the the system has you and you don't know who is in person, uh, uh, making an impression on your children. Most of the time, mm-hmm. um, it, there's not a whole lot of safe places. That's why, you know, Merkle media is something that I'm trying to build up because and we're right now we're focusing on the films, but uh, eventually I want to do kids cartoons and mm-hmm. things like that because I I want to I want to have stuff that I can show my
1: kids, you yeah. know, and, and feel safe about it. And I know there's a lot of other people doing the same thing, so. I, mean, I see like TV has just destroyed culture mm-hmm. in many ways. You see a lot of parents in like cartoons these days and are just like mocked by the kids. It's just very yeah, bizarre.
2: I, and I've noticed that. Like, yeah. like it, there's a very common theme where uh, it, the kids are mocking the parents. The dad is always just drooling on himself stupid. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I don't as a dad I don't really appreciate it's in that. Com, it's,
1: it's in commercials. <laughs> I mean, it's everywhere. So yeah, yeah I'm anti TV. But I that's not to say I don't love filming shows. You know, and I, yeah, I right. I just haven't watched any in a long time. <laughs> I personally,
2: <hate> them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I uh, um. I don't know. It, I I have, I have a YouTube TV for live sports. Mm-hmm. That's about it. You know. Yeah. But um. Anyway, so that's you guys. Uh, you guys are here from from that that camp and. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. So Shane, you started a podcast called Tales of the Inverted World, uh, which is where how you and I got connected. And um, you have done investigative work with that. Uh, and Wesley, you've done stuff with Atlantis. Uh, you're a world-renowned researcher yeah. with Atlantis, yeah. no, no, no. and yeah. he's just you—you found where it is. You've I been did. there yeah. several we times. Will you're rebuilding that at the end of this. Yeah, episode. he's rebuilding the technology. Uh, it's really—I'm really like just happy to have him in my presence. Um, but <laughs> I
0: totally sent you guys down the wrong road. I'm an expert in Atlantis, Morissette. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. now I'm more sold. Yeah. Honestly, I do not want to see your jagged phone. Pill enthusiast. <laughs> you know.
2: But, um, yeah, so let's I guess we'll, what we'll do is we'll start off because this is going to be an overtime show because there's a lot of things that we, we can talk about. Obviously, we've been talking for almost 20 minutes now. And we haven't gotten anything. <laughs> um, so this is going to be an overtime show, but in this first hour, or however long it is, uh, I want to talk about uh, your latest journey with Tales of the Inverted World uh, and also both of you, any kind of paranormal experiences you have had yeah uh your latest journey i have it in my notes here investigated investigated the ghosts of the civil war and search for the lost confederate gold Mm. listen the audience loves gold stories they do i've done a couple treasure hunting (laughs) stories and people love it so uh did you find it (laughs)
1: <laughs> I can't tell you guys. I don't it's want the, cut to the chase. I don't want the government to steal it from me.
2: <laughs> now, listen, w- w- in the before we get to that, in, in the middle of this while we're recording this, you're in a a funky spot in your life right now, to uh, say the least. Yeah, I mean, and but this isn't the first time you had death threats, yeah. okay? Uh you're having death threats right now, I'm assuming or something like that because of the stuff you're talking about and you're writing about. It's dope. Is that safe to say? Uh
1: there's been threats. There's been docs. If I'm saying anything, been, just tell me to stop and I'll been, take it out. No, no, it's all good. There's been threats of hacking. It's it's been pretty dark. Um, when this doesn't come out for a while, right? Yeah, it's been like so probably yeah.
2: four or five weeks.
1: So yeah, hopefully I'm I'm still here when it comes out. <laughs> I'm yeah, saying, I'm just kidding, <laughs> sort of. But uh, yeah, it's been a dark a dark uh, path with this story.
2: Can I just say the topic? Mm, yeah, for sure. No, oh, you say it then.
1: Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm like. Investigating, profiling the Eliza Blues story—that's for whatever reason—blown up on Twitter to the degree it has. I had initially just t- agreed to profile it like I would anyone else, um, and between me actually going out to where she lives in Illinois, and you know, for those who don't know who that is, it's uh, a woman who is. Uh, she said she has been a survivor of human trafficking and has also been like a public advocate of survivors of human trafficking she's worked um she's advocated for lots of different people from you know she's talks to epstein victims and uh people like that and she's also gained notoriety through working remotely with elon musk on twitter to help figure out ways to remove the child porn Mm -hmm. because there's a huge problem i think maybe still the pinned tweet on her profile is about a young boy believe he was 13 and maybe I don't know the age, but there was a young boy, definitely minor. There was illicit material of him on Twitter, underage. He had his government ID to show Twitter, like, look, I, I was this old, da, 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 da. Like, look at me in this video. And they refused to take it down. I want to say for years.
2: I think you're right. And it has right. like. Her, and his parents went to Twitter too, right? Yeah.
1: And it has a ridiculous amount of views. Um, and so she helped, you know, I don't know if she actually helped. Do anything, but she definitely helped bring attention to it. Yeah, put a spotlight um, on it. And you know, I've talked to the lawyer representing that that child, um, and she's told me how much Eliza has helped. So basically, between me agreeing to do this profile and her, which was I thought was going to be about uh, her story of human trafficking, which she's told in part here and there, uh, this thing happened online where people are just picking apart her timeline, and it all stopped making sense. People were now afraid she's been profiting off of victims, which is a really heinous accusation. Sure. Uh and then they started saying it's all for profit, it's all for fame, and that she's she's lied about everything. So all that's been called into question. And as that's like culminating on Twitter, people are sent are are sharing pictures from a video that was public on the internet, on World Star Hip Hop that was then on YouTube. And those accounts got banned that share those images. Um, and that's when like it really, the fire started because mm-hmm. then it was like accusations of censorship. She'd already worked with Elon Musk, like publicly uh, she had a Twitter spaces with him and like talked about ways she thought she could help Twitter with all this human trafficking issues because Twitter and all the social media uh, accounts are vessels for trafficking. Uh, so when the, the bans happened, people are like, oh, she's working with Elon to ban people. We don't know why, it's ridiculous. It was a public picture, like no one knew why. So all that's happening and then I, I go out there. So like my focus on the story changed because it's not only am I just telling her story because no one's really heard it, it's like now I'm, I'm like interrogating her story. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like face-to-face, like asking questions I would never want to ask anybody and, and kind of balancing this idea of like, I'm either making her relive the most traumatic things ever and the stories she told me were horrific or i'm I'm about to make someone expose this like elaborate lie and i went there not knowing like i told my editor cassandra on the way out there i was like i'm either going to write a story that eliza is going to hate or like i have no idea i had no idea because i i really only knew eliza a little bit and i say it in the first part of the story i just say like i got her i got her permission to share her contact with Kanye West after I left Kanye West's um, place when I was there profiling him. He's running for president of the United States of America. It's hard to say that, but it's uh, like without (laughs) laughing, but like, I'm, I actually think he's going to become the president of this country. We'll get into that later, but uh, I think over time. Yeah. But um, (laughs) I just lost the audience. They're like, Oh, we're not listening to this guy anymore. (laughs) Read the story. See what I'm talking about. But anyway, he was talking about human trafficking a lot when I was with him. And so I was like, "Oh, Eliza's the perfect person for them to talk." So I linked them together. Uh, so that was my first interaction. Then we did the IRL together, and then and then this whole thing blew up. So are the you the new that, handler for all these people? <laughs> ha, do you imagine? <laughs> do I look like I'd be a good handler?
2: <laughs> I mean, I can you're hardly live.
1: <laughs> I can hardly live, right, bro? <laughs> my guy, no, uh, <laughs> my guy. Uh, we'll go back and find the Instagram live from, no. there, uh, <laughs> from today, whatever today no. is. Uh, but yeah, I've lost track of time. Uh, for whatever reason, the hate against Eliza at this exact moment, which is February 7th has culminated in something I've never experienced in my life. Like I, 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 I don't even want to open my Twitter. I've never seen Twitter in, from my angle like this. I've seen, I, we've been with like Tim Poole. I've seen him trending. Yeah. I've seen people say the most heinous things about him while I'm standing with him. And they're saying the most ridiculous, like egregious things. I'm like, well, that's not clearly that's not true i know what they're saying about me is not true um i'm not really sure about the wave of hate yet i think i'm making sense of it now hopefully that becomes clear at the end of this three or four part series i'm writing right now um but uh it's it's brutal and i think you know a lot of people hate that she possibly use connections within twitter to ban people that's a that would be a pretty terrible thing sure you know, if that's the case um I'm not sure if I believe that from everything I've heard so far and seen but uh you know I'm still writing it yeah. and I think I understand I think I have a pretty good picture of everything now I'm trying to lay it out but yeah <clears throat> I've been inundated I've been attacked people are saying the worst things they've been given out addresses they've been man just open up my twitter I like I'm I I'm pretty good at receiving criticism I in fact sometimes love it like i wrote a book the fucking lunatic yeah and on the back of that book is all the worst things my own friends said about me when i wrote some things they didn't like about you know the way we slipped into medical tyranny um a few years back so I, I guess this is like the the sick joke of me saying to? that i don't remember oh medical tyranny oh that's no, when the government took all your control i'm trying away. to
2: build my youtube channel over here <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't, I don't, you shouldn't have invited me on you should not have invited me on uh, but yeah you mean uh,
0: when they were trying to save us
1: yeah <laughs> yeah that's right that's right they are just trying to help right uh yeah. so i'm not i'm not i'm no stranger to it but to this degree it's new to me and uh I'm just going to do the best I can. I know I'm not going to make everyone happy, but yeah, yeah, I showed up today seeing you. I was like, I've never had this amount of like, I'm just like a cloud, a dark cloud, Mm. like walking around. And I feel it. And I'm sorry to both of you. No, (laughs) you you seem fine.
0: (laughs) Like one of the hardest working people I've ever met. Thanks man. And like, uh, uh, I don't know how you're able to do the things that you're doing. And then maintain the like presence that you carry. And I like, I and appreciate the, that. That means
1: I'm I'm somehow hiding the upbeat nature, all the because, insanity.
0: Like sometimes I think what I do is hard. And then I look at you and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. yeah, I'm not gonna lie, man. I'll tell you guys
1: straight up. I've cried multiple times this past week. Yeah, I've had to too. hear I've had to hear stories from survivors from all around the country. Stories I never wanted to hear. Never. This world is fucked up. And it's really bothered me, and my wife has had to like be like, I mean, she's seen me just crumpled up, and uh, that's not to say like just because I heard those stories that I fully understand Eliza's story, but I really needed it to understand how different survivors see this whole world of trafficking. Yeah, you know, whether they were strippers and became this, or whether they were prostitutes and then got stuck into this violent relationship and these like invisible shackles. Because the funny thing is. It's not so funny. That's but, the title of the book, Invisible Shackles. Oh yeah, write it down. <clears throat> the funny thing is, when I did the show with uh, Eliza on IRL, I was in talks directly with Andrew Tate to cover him, and I was going to go to Dubai.
2: Just so everybody knows right now, uh, if they haven't picked up, you have interviewed Kanye West face-to-face. You yeah. came out with a big, lengthy uh, article, yep. Carrie Lake, yep. Eliza, Eliza, and you were scheduled to do Andrew Tate. You're, I was. You're, you're becoming... Um, uh, a go-to for these kind of exposes of these, these these high high-profile people who have um, a lot of uh, hate going their way. I guess. Yo,
1: God, I have been surfing God's hand into the craziest cultural controversies <laughs> for two months.
2: You know what? Um, let's let's all right. Let, let's do this because this is supposed to be the overtime conversation. We're yeah, gonna, we're we I can take this. We're gonna yeah. We're just gonna that, move it to the overtime. Yeah, yeah. Because the whole reason why I brought this on was that you're having death threats, but it's not the first time you had death threats because when you were doing this gold search, you had death threats as well, from yeah. what I understand,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. So
2: let's bring it back to that.
1: <laughs> that was a good tangent though, right?
2: <laughs> it was fantastic. And, and, and guys, if you want more of that, head on over to overtime. Uh, but no, so you're... I know that this this uh, this trip to Georgia yep. is like a while ago now, yep. and you, so much of your life has transpired since then. and and shifted yeah uh but let's go back to that trip like oh, yeah. what what spawned it what was the interest there and what did you do what what was this process going into it
1: it's about a year ago exactly that i made my first trip down to washington georgia um and i i only ever heard about it because my my dude my homie clint brantley who i did not know emailed tim pool and said i heard i think he listened to the same show you you heard about the dog man. Oh, nice. <clears throat> and he was like, I think there's like hidden gold in my town There's just <clears throat> ghost stuff. And Tim sent it to me. He was like, you went to this? I'm like, yes. <laughs> so I spent like two months on the phone with Clint, just like getting a rundown of his family history. Who's been there, uh, since the revolution, like there's, you know, graves of the you know men in his family who fought in, um, uh, the battle down there that was on Valentine's day. It was like the bloodiest battle of the revolution that happened down there. Um, and that's how a lot of those people in this town are. They have just been there forever since before America was America. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so I was definitely intrigued. I was like, I told Tim definitely want to go down there. This would be my, I think my first real me leaving, mm-hmm. you know, for him to do a big, bigger story. Uh, I did the serial killer story, I guess, but that still wasn't what this would be because this became a whole book. Um, so I flew down there within I, don't, I, I forget now, maybe an hour, maybe 30 minutes of me entering this town. I'm at the historic museum, which is like right in the center of town. And just real quick, this is the town where Jefferson Davis dissolved the Confederacy. So the Confederates had just burned down Richmond because the union was getting close. They said, nah, 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 we're going to burn it ourselves. We don't want you guys getting anything to the point where they were like dumping liquor into the gutters because they didn't want their soldiers to get drunk. They just wanted to burn everything burn in tobacco burn everything and and bounce but there's this great scene i found in a book by a navy admiral i believe who was in um who was down there to a confederate and he said there was drunken demons lapping up the liquor from the gutters with their hats like scooping it up and drinking the liquor and they were like screaming like demons he referred to them what and and this this guy is interesting because he eventually became that night that richmond was burning he became the guy that took the gold the confederate gold out of richmond that's where it was uh so there's two trains that leave richmond that night this admiral i forget his name now Hen- i to say henry something but a rad dude the the boat he was on the ship he was on at richmond he stole from the union <laughs> and then he burnt that <laughs> and then he left for, he left virginia with his train and like a ragtag group of like teenagers to to hide the gold and the treasury of the confederacy on the other train is Jefferson Davis and his cabinet, and they all just go south, and they wind down, and eventually it's a, it's a crazy. And I I cover a lot of that in parts of them leaving. I just want to see how the gold moved because it's interesting thinking about all these these men carrying gold, which is already shady, right? Yeah, I'm not you you're you know you're losing this war, and you got gold on you. You're a teenager, you're not getting rations anymore. You have horrible outfits. The the union is right behind you. Your capital just burnt down. Your president's on the run. I'm taking some gold. Is what I'm thinking. Yeah. If I'm one of those people. But eventually, so they say, so the records say, you know, all these government records, because it, you know, it's been documented to a degree, winds up in the town of Washington, Georgia, which is where my friend Clint Brantley lives. And uh, so I go down there, and like I was going to say, 30 minutes into me being there, or an hour, I'm at the historic museum, this beautiful house right in the middle of town. Meeting Clint for the first time, weird meeting someone in the for, you know for the first time. It's just like, okay, this is, and he's like a real like Georgia boy, and he's mm. like eight feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he he's cool. I'm talking to the historian there, and then this lady just comes like running out of the building, screaming because she just seen ghosts, and they they're, they're too loud, and she can't take it. So Are I'm you like, serious? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I she, I think I might have met her for two seconds, and she went in, then she comes screaming out. So. She's about our age. Uh, she comes outside. She starts chain smoking because she's, she's like messed up. And I'm like, this is weird. Speaking of coincidences, the day before or two days before I was getting my haircut in New York. I was still living up there from a friend. And she told me that she has a friend who comes into her salon. Oh no, this is the first time this lady came into her salon. She said, there's something here that is like something your mom owned. She's like, what? She goes, there's something here like your mom used to own and my friend karen it dawned on her that like a day or two prior she bought this paper towel rack because it had the heart shape that her mom's keychain used to have years ago her mom's been dead for years and she was like oh she said it was in the closet like specifically is in a closet so she's some type of medium you know and the ghosts are always talking to her and that was two days or a day before I went down to Georgia, and then I end up this lady who ran out of the house screaming because the ghost turns out to have like the exact same type of ability that this lady my friend knows claimed to have so I'm like that's interesting and her and I start off cordial uh it turns into something crazier as in her boyfriend is su- supremely abusive and insane he's one of the guys who threatened me in the end because uh we were trying i I forget what it was. We were trying to just, I was trying to talk to her about like witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> Always comes back to witchcraft. It turned out she was also looking for the gold and she was also trying to do a TV show. And uh, she told me that she uses like some type of witchcraft and talking to ghosts to find to find the gold. That's not uncommon. you know. That? No, she found, she's found a piece. <sighs> a part of me feels like she planted it though. I will be honest because she's kind of shifty like that. And she, you know, I think deep down she's a good person. I, I personally think she was possessed by some type of demon down there. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a lady who was the second lady ever hanged in Georgia from this town for killing her husband. Um the town had a hard time hanging her. They didn't know what to do with a woman, you know, to hang after after such a heinous crime of shooting her husband's face off and then burying him alive and watching him, you know, while well, waiting for him to die below the dirt. But uh I believe she was possessed by that person, so that was one of the crazy experiences. But like that'll happen within one day, and then on like day two or three at night, I was seeing UFOs that I cannot explain above this town. Like they're going up and down, left and right, like the sign of the cross.
3: Really?
2: And I'm
1: just staring at them, and everyone down there, like these old these old Georgia guys, who they're just like the old, like you know, they've got uh, Confederate flags hanging on the back porch, and they're they're like, oh yeah, that's been there my whole life. Like, what? What? what do you think? What do you think that is? They're like, oh, my grandma thought she saw that too. And like, I, I talked to people who literally were like, these UFOs have landed in our backyards. So the, the story just, what started. were the stories? <clears throat> they, dude, we had someone, I can't say who, I didn't name him in the book, break into a house to look for a Polaroid uh, of a UFO. We didn't find it. But the house is a hoarder's like paradise, and the guy had been dead for years. Wow. And uh, he tried multiple times um yeah uh, i was gonna say well uh, he had some help from the authorities really say it they're not gonna listen maybe they will they will this guy won't okay this guy won't this guy is like a severe alcoholic (laughs) maybe maybe, i don't think i don't think our audiences are alcoholics right no i don't think so (laughs) no this this guy's got just a pretty horrible life um but he helped out it was and he was very nice to me uh so i'm down there for all of that down there for, I'm seeing UFOs, I'm seeing, looking for gold. The, the town kind of operates in this economy for everyone looking for gold. Everyone down there, people, if you're a tourist, chances are you're there to find the Confederate gold. Uh, they're digging up, they got metal detectors and they're also very unhappy if you're an outsider looking for gold. And I when they hear my accent. Oh yeah. Done. What are you doing down here, boy? Yankee. Yeah. Yankee. You know, if I didn't have Clint walking around with me, it would have been a no-go. Yeah. He was like my, I called him my Virgil from Paradise Lost. It mm. was it Paradise Lost and In Dante's Inferno. Uh, Cause he kind of led me through the hell of, de- of, you know, this doom place. It was, you know, it's a grim place where it's, the industry is all pretty much gone. A lot of fentanyl, you know, the younger generation's yeah. not doing so hot. Uh, so yeah, that's what I was doing down there. It was a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, I was also there like a month or two before the guide stones were blowing up. The guide stones are right outside of this town. Mm. So I got to see them. Uh, it was pretty wild. (sighs) That might be the beginning of me being like close to, not only controversy, but it's in the book. You know, I ended up trying to look into the Guidestones towards the end of that book and what happened. Because
2: they they blew up?
1: Yeah. It was super shady. So,
2: so, well, I know that, but what was the timeline? You were there and then you left or? I was there
1: for parts of January for parts. Oh no. October, then January, I think February and then March. And then the guide stones blew up in like June maybe or... Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, the the Guidestones blew up right after they turned CERN back on. hmm yeah right, yeah. right when Shinzo Abe was assassinated. You Got so ideas we, and thoughts really about weird. that? Which part? CERN?
2: So, well, the Guidestones being blown up right at that same time.
1: <clears throat> I heard a lot of theories down there. I mean, I think... I don't know, man. I go back and forth. When I was at the guide stones, I just happened to be there when like the guy was cleaning them because there's constant graffiti mm-hmm. and like satanic rituals. And uh, he was telling me about all the times people come there try to sacrifice animals or throw chicken bones. Uh, did, did he? Did he say why? He doesn't know why, and he doesn't care. He because I know he hated the guidestones. I, I know it's on a on a hill, right? <laughs> sort of, yeah. It's like a slight hill in a in a vast field.
2: I, I just wonder if there's a reason. There, if there's a uh, a reason why RC Christian put the Georgia Guidestones at that location if there's a occultic reason to
1: it as well. Are you thinking like ley lines type stuff or?
2: I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm pretty dumb and I just uh, talk to people that <laughs> That's are not, interesting. Well, that's not true. <laughs>
1: that's not true.
2: No, but uh, we, we um, maybe in the future on this show, I can uh, do an episode where we talk about who R.C. Christian was because uh, there's a guy who pretty much cracked that code mm. and uh, he has the the uh, receipts to back it up interesting and so
1: it's not a mystery anymore it's just people don't want to hear it i'll, so I'll, I'll it. give you my theory before i hear all about that in yeah. episode is i think there's some kind of hoax mm. i think i really believe that there are a lot of big things in our history that are just hoaxes to create chaos between all of us if you look at the guidestones all of those things are in conflict with each other it's like globalism but it's kind of like pseudo-christianity it's You know, a lot of things. I some some of the things I kind of agree with. I agree with not being a cancer on this earth. You know, (laughs) I don't want. I don't want to. (laughs) I agree. That's a
2: biblical. That's a biblical thing too. I
1: I like that idea. Like I'm. We talk about hating cities. You know, I'm from a farm in the middle of nowhere. I feel most comfortable in the land. Right. So when I read that, I'm like, all right. But then there's other things that are borderline. uh, (laughs) You know, global. You know, human a population control. Yeah. And you're like, mm. this is the funny thing. And it's in the book. After they blew up, I found the guy who collected all the debris from the guide stones.
2: Okay. You found that guy. I found him. Okay.
1: <clears throat> I was in his museum prior, not knowing it was a museum he runs. He, it, so in this the town, guy
2: who collected the, the bomb pieces has a museum. Has Did a, he collect
1: it for the museum? I'm assuming he didn't say it was for that, but I'm like, what else would it be? Well, wait till I tell you this. Oh, I forgot the title of the book, but it's in my book. I forget what the heck it is, but it'll be funny because it kind of ties into IRL Mm. uh, and something we kind of briefly talked about earlier. He, this man who collected the the debris, he was very upset when I asked him about any type of population control stuff. You know, he was like, it's nothing like that. It's, you know, we need to learn how to coexist with the planet. But he was saying population control without saying population control to me. Mm. I also just talked to the lady who ran for governor in Georgia. Who, one what, of was her, what was her name? I forget her name. <clears throat> oh, I have her number somewhere. I, she's very nice. I forget her name. Okay. I should remember. She's a sweetheart. But one of her first executive orders as governor would be to destroy the Guidestones. Mm. Uh, she's Candace Taylor. Mm, that's K-A-N-D-I-S-S. right. K-A-N-D-I-S-S. They didn't like her uh, down there at the Guidestones because they all accused her of being you know, the one to do it. She believes they were hit by lightning. She believes God took them down.
2: But then they have video of a guy running away. She
1: believes that's UGI. <laughs> just like I'm just reporting back to you. <laughs> uh, but but so this guy who collected the, the debris, he um, told me about his favorite book that he reads every year, and I won't I can't remember the name of the book, but it's about how you save Earth by implementing population control, and it's we know it from IRL oh, the
0: population bomb.
1: Not a population no. bomb, but it's it's when Alex Jones referenced I am the gorilla on oh, it's IRL. Po- it's it's poly- from Eric? that book. Oh, really? Whatever I am the gorilla is from is oh, from man. this book.
0: Yeah. It's not poly-
1: <laughs> I don't think it's that. It's a it's a I think it's a work of fiction, but it's a way of implementing kind of ideas on how to restrain
3: oh, yeah, population. Sure
1: um and I was like, Oh, that's your favorite book? That's crazy. It didn't dawn on me until I sent it the story to my editor. He's like, That's I'm I'm the I'm a gorilla. Like that's what that's from because I think the gorilla kind of sends telepathic messages to someone to kill uh, Ishmael. Oh, like Bigfoot? Okay, something like that. Gotcha. Yeah, is that what? Big, that's right. Is that Bigfoot's in the telekinesis?
2: Uh, yeah. Actually, <laughs> let's get into that. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I'm
0: ready.
1: But that, yeah, that's that's the whole story with with Georgia and all the you know me looking into the gold, um, the story of the gold, all these weird paranormal things, and kind of my takeaway being like, <clears throat> uh, I believe severe trauma really can affect the way people experience paranormal and a place mm. from war happening there in terms of the revolution and the civil war. Civil war didn't happen in that town, but it died in that town. And then, uh, you know, there was plagues and all that stuff. And so that's how my takeaway of that and people being mad at me for trying to look for gold. Um, cause they take it very seriously.
2: Yeah. So the, the locals down there, uh,
1: most of them are looking for gold. A lot of them. I drove around the town with the mayor and he's like, show me around all this stuff. They have like a Bitcoin farm down there. They're all very proud of. That's like their new industry. Oh, really? He's outsourcing electricity to run the Bitcoin farm.
2: I bet they're not happy with things that have happened with Bitcoin recently.
1: <laughs> I don't think he cares as long as that place is still mining Bitcoin. Gotcha. <laughs> he doesn't understand Bitcoin, but- Gotcha. Very nice guy. Uh, when I went and saw his house, he was like, when I bought this house, my wife handed me a uh, metal detector and said, no, go find the gold. So it's like everybody from like wow. the lowest to the highest. He said to his town. wife, go find the gold? No, his wife told him. <laughs> yeah, his wife told him, he he a metal detector and go get the gold. Wow. wow. So yeah, it's, it's a, I think there's stuff there, but it's probably not how they think. I don't think there's some big cachet. I don't think it's all been hidden somewhere. I think it's probably been within certain families. I have a bigger theory in the book about where it might've gone. I mean, I think perhaps there's some guilty consciences down there and they found ways to like allocate the gold in their old age, uh, which I get into. And, you know, but it's, it's hard to prove anything. A lot of that stuff is like, my problem is with all of this stuff from the Eliza story to the civil war is it's like, how do you trust anything anymore with news? Even if it's documented, our government falsifies a lot of things or tells us things are true that we know are verifiably false. So why would I think that, a losing, government like the confederacy would keep proper documentation at the end of the war after the capital just burnt down so it's like it's it's like almost like everything's quicksand
2: (laughs) do you believe that there is gold out there to be found in general Large caches of gold.
1: Well, those guys in Pennsylvania. Okay.
2: I was going to bring them up. I didn't know if you knew their story. I was was trying to trap you into something, you saying no. I'm like, actually. (laughs) no, those
1: guys, (laughs) I tried talking to them.
2: They're good. I had them on the show.
1: Oh, they didn't like me. No? No, maybe it wasn't they didn't like me. Uh, I was just sad they said no because they are doing a television show. Yeah. Like, we're doing TV. I'm like, it's funny because in the in that book, I talk about how much I hate TV for certain reasons. It keeps kind of popping up here and there, and then at the very end, I'm reaching out to these guys and they are like, "No, it's our TV." I'm like, "TV," uh, you <laughs> <go>. <laughs> that's when I removed it from my house, <laughs> threw it out <laughs> the right window.
3: Yeah. Daddy, but flippy. <laughs> 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 no,
1: uh, but for sure, for sure, yeah. there is, and the government wants all of it. They want all of our money, and they want all the gold.
2: You know what happened with their
1: situation, right? Uh, they sued and they, they won discovery. Right, they won. They won.
2: Did so they since, get it back? Si- uh, I don't think they're that far yet. Since I recorded with them, they actually won in court. And Kem, I uh, was talking to Kem about having him and his dad back on the show and over Thanksgiving last year, but they just couldn't work out the schedule because yeah. Kem is now. I don't know if I could say what he does for a living now, but um, he's not home a lot. And yeah. so, but uh, but yeah, I mean, they they found. I think it was nine tons of gold. Mm. That was shady. And it was all, it was about $400 million, I think it was. And it was all gone.
1: And then they were like, all right, we're going to go in here real quick.
2: They, well, they, they went in, I think it was a Saturday morning. The FBI arrived early, excavated, I forget the details, but like they excavated. And then when Kem and his dad showed up, they're like, what is going on? Like, you guys are supposed to wait for us. And they're like, come with us. And they went up to the, the big, fresh dug hole and told Kem's dad to get down the hole. He gets down the hole and he's the FBI agent's like, is there any gold in there? And he's like, no. And he's like, wrap it up, boys. There's no gold here and and people locally were saying they were working up there all night long
1: did they have theories as to why the government wanted the gold like was it like it belonged to them at one point or no, but, did they just want so
2: here i money? don't i don't well kem and his dad are not conspiracy theorists i don't uh, uh kem
1: maybe that's why they didn't talk to me
2: well <laughs> well no well kem's kem's in law enforcement okay uh and i think i think he even said on my show uh during that whole process he really was awakened to the darker side of of things yeah um but i don't think they were so far like i was yeah so i don't i don't think i i, I, I liked them a lot so i wanted them to have them back yeah, on so yeah. i was like i'm gonna keep it oh their uh, stories i'm gonna keep it elementary with these guys and yeah, not yeah. go too crazy on them Yeah. yeah. what but do you think i, I think it, they took the money and used it for black projects and possible funding of highly unacceptable
1: things wow do they have an idea of what that gold was like was it just it deposited was, there and lost it was treasure? it was
2: it was gold from the confederates they stashed right. they stashed it that. there because the Gettysburg was going on, I think, and they were going up around Gettysburg <clears> and trying to get to Philly. Yeah, they stashed it there, but they said that uh, there's another stash in Pennsylvania that is uh, still, and there's some of it that they haven't said on my show, and they said they're going to say it the second time. I don't want to spoil it, but mm. uh, basically, there's another stash of gold or not gold? It's not gold. It uh, might be gold. I think it's gold, silver and uh lots of guns cannons hmm. uh that they stashed in i think northern pennsylvania and hmm. if the confederates got up to up to that stash it would have changed the whole war and That's so crazy yeah and 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 they i think they they know where it's at i think they've seen it and uh they're, it's just they, they're they're so i'm like oh there's treasure next door let's go dig it up now right. they're like well we gotta do the paperwork i'm like right. what paper <laughs> Nope. let's just go. <laughs> <Absolutely. You know? laughs> yeah. We're out. But they're, they're proper. They do it properly. Yeah. Um, but I, I wanted to say with them though, uh, they used a psychic to find it. Did they? Yes. And I didn't know this until I sat down and talked to them. So, okay. yeah. So, uh, huh. they, they, uh, so Kem's dad back in the, I don't know how long ago, it was a long time ago. Like, like I think maybe before Kem was even born, Kem's our age, um, Let's say back in the seventies, his dad was working at a department store in Pennsylvania, no name Pennsylvania, wherever they were from. And um, a psychic came in and was doing like his psychic stuff as like an entertainment thing. And mm-hmm. He didn't believe any of it, and he at the time had a magazine uh, and or it was a newspaper and it was talking about the local treasure, and that's what he was reading it about. And so he stand there, disbelief, whatever, whatever. And then the psychic says, uh, basically says, give, "Give me your your map or whatever it is." And he said, the psychic raised a pen up in the air, closes his eyes and slams it down on this map. Circles it. He's like, that's where your treasure's at. Wow. And, and, and then he and then he's, like, he's like, you're going to look for this landmark, this landmark, this landmark. And he goes, and he's like, this guy's full of it. But when he goes, he, he starts finding these landmarks. Wow. And uh, the last landmark he couldn't find. And, and he gave up for years. Wow. Fast forward, Kem's an adult. And Kem revives the hunt. And there was something that, that was missing or, or or that they overlooked, mm. uh, but they wound up found, finding the location. Wow. They found the cavern that they crawled through and everything. I mean, it was real Indiana Jones stuff right yeah. in Pennsylvania. Yeah. It almost made me not move. Right. <laughs> <laughs> almost. <laughs> but might
1: be on some gold.
2: Yeah, I mean, but there's a lot of gold here too, I believe. Uh, it, like yeah. if, if there's somewhere to hide treasure, these mountains are, are a great spot yeah, for that. I don't
1: think it's in the tourist traps. You know, like Washington, Georgia, I wouldn't say it's a tourist trap, but when it's like a, it's known for this story probably not there and like i think i say this in the book like if it does go there they they planted it It, oh i think it's planted like i think i think a lot of people are looking for fame through finding gold in a story that's been Mm -hmm. going on forever like a lot of people i met down there are really trying hard to be like these reality stars and do these like very kind of like half scripted shows where they're looking for gold uh but I think they plant stuff. Mm-hmm. I really do. I could be wrong. That's just my gut says that. Not everyone.
2: I, I mean, planting definitely could be possible. Uh, I know the Pennsylvania boys. The story behind it. I'll send you the the the, the episode. is like three hundred something. Uh, for some reason, I want to say three ninety two. Somebody fact check me. Hmm. Uh, get back to me when the show airs. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's a really good, entertaining story that they have to share. And, uh, I love treasure hunting. I'm not a treasure hunter. I want to be one day uh, when I grow up, but, um, you know, right now I'm, I'm hunting monsters, but one day when I get old and I can't do that, I'll I'll hunt treasure.
1: You're you're in a noble cause right now. Yeah. Let's take care of the monsters. Then you'll get your gold.
2: Yeah. We got to find the portal, (laughs) jump through the portal, find the dog, man, drag him back. Well, wrap him up, drag him back. And then we'll go hunt gold
1: and get the treasure.
2: So there, there's a, there's another treasure, uh, that we are lining up to hunt though, um, me and uh some of my other guys and some friends that i have the one friend that i have in north carolina who brought it to my attention um but there's a there is so in missouri or let's just put it this away the missouri river uh used to flow a different pattern rivers change over time mm. and over the years uh ships go down in these rivers all the time mm-hmm. and then the river shifted and so these ships now are actually buried underground, and they're perfectly preserved one oh, was it, one thing. was dug up in the eighties, and it it had um the, the ship wasn't perfectly preserved but the the- the products that were on it and I think it was like a jarred fruit or something like that, mm-hmm. and it literally was perfectly preserved wow. with the way because of the way the mud or something like that I don't know but um every year once a time one a time a year they opened up a jar this family that opened it and eat eat this like two hundred year old <laughs> fruit Incredible. you know but um, they, from that one find, they got massively rich. I mean, generational wealth. Yeah. And uh, they drew out a map of all these other locations where they, the first time they went looking, they found a ship. They, wow. they, they, they documented where these shipwrecks were. They documented where the river used to flow and pinpointed it. Oh. And the first time they went looking, they're like, there's a ship right there. <laughs> and they dug it up. Wow. They never felt the need to go look for the other ships. And' just
1: like one's, one's good for me?
2: Yeah, and, and we might have access <laughs> to that for, map. we one-ship family. Yeah, and I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yo. We're good.
1: Yeah. We're good. Up to keep like, up with the jungles.
2: <laughs> we got, if we got this map, we're going. Yeah. <laughs> and we're digging it all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the movie Holes. That's it. Yeah, what's that?
0: I remember that movie. The movie Holes with the child left where they find the yeah. preserved fruit in no. the boat. It's a whole thing. Oh, weird. But
2: yeah. that was before he... uh scarred publicly. isn't there a similar story about <laughs> oak
0: island as well like finding something like ships that ships and oh, looking for gold
2: I mean, yeah. so christian uh the editor for Expedition dogman was on that tv show he's a treasure really? hunter okay yeah mm. and uh he he actually uh in my mind cracked uh, a, an old ancient treasure story legend in texas hmm. and um next time he's here we're going to sit down and record about it. we were going to do it last time but we didn't have time like native gold no, no. This is uh like he like in a wagon type gold at the bottom yeah. of a a lake. Oh, cool! And uh, he's a diver. He comes from a family of divers. Um, Interesting. But uh, it's called Sunken Silver. Is the docu series we're going to release it on Merkle Media. Oh, great! Yeah, that's awesome. So, that's cool. uh, look forward to that. Shameless plug. It's my freaking show. I'll do what I want. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I'm just I'm fascinated by by treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a kid, I remember uh, my mom, I hate, I hate even saying this because I, I, I view things that are really old as treasure. Okay. Yeah. So like, it doesn't have to be gold. Right. Mm-hmm. And my mom, when I was a kid, when she was a kid, she grew up, uh, not far from where I grew up in Kutztown, Pennsylvania. Actually, we were more, we were on the outside of Kutztown, Pennsylvania, a big trailer park, Highland States trailer park. Anybody listening from Highland States? Shoot me an email. Shout out, Shout out to Highland States <laughs> Trailer Park. That'd, that'd uh, be awesome if
1: you hear someone.
2: From I know, someone right? He's there. My, I still remember my old address, 78 Daniel Road East.
1: I'm going to say right now that that person's listening to the show.
2: That would be amazing. <laughs> oh that would be, be amazing. I know the trailer's not there anymore because when we went out the trailer, they're like, oh, that's duct tape mostly. <laughs> we are burning that. <laughs> uh, but... um. Anyways, so my mom grew up in that area, and when she was a kid uh, on her father's property, she they would find like arrowheads oh, all yeah. over. That's the place. great treasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so she had a box of this mm-hmm. stuff, and she I remember her giving me a few of them, and I went out in our front yard of the trailer, and there's a tree there, and uh, I don't know if you ever saw this, but um, it was real popular when I was growing up, and it, it, it they, people would take a big tractor, big tractor tires, fill it with dirt, and have a tree grow out of it and so yeah That's and great. so that was in my front yard it was a big tractor tire with dirt filled in and a tree growing out oh well, I, I dug a hole and I put the arrowheads in there with my false gold as you do and I buried it and I left it there <laughs> I left it there we
1: gotta go, get, we gotta go find it
2: I, right yeah. I, it. I, I, last time I was in Pennsylvania in November for my sister's wedding I wanted to uh, go into the old trailer park and show my son where I grew up but that just wasn't there wasn't enough time so maybe on another trip yeah. uh, but I'm pretty sure uh, that tree's not there anymore last I checked mm. um, but here's the thing that's frustrating is that I see people who you know walk around they find arrowheads all over the place they find you know uh, Civil War bullets and yeah, yeah. all that stuff in this area I've, I've, I've never even found a four leaf clover I can't find anything <laughs> like and I'm gonna be a treasure hunter one day <laughs> mark, mark my words <laughs> Right, for our sponsor today, we have HelloFresh. Let me tell you, I love HelloFresh and I never miss a HelloFresh meal except for recently I did. I had to be at the office late at night. Lindsay didn't realize that she made HelloFresh and I missed the fresh goodness, right? So I told her to save it. The next day I brought it into work and I heated it up in the microwave. Listen, it's not the greatest as far as like freshness, but it still tasted delicious even though I had to mic it. And that's totally unhealthy, I know. There's people out there. I just learned this, actually, that there's people out there that do not microwave things because of how bad it is for your body. I'm not going to be one of those people because I am too fast on the go. I got to keep it moving. But nevertheless, hella fresh, tastes delicious, even reheated in the microwave. And guess what? Right now, March is National Nutrition Month. So if you're somebody who is really worried about your nutrition and you're really focused on it because, hey, you knew that it was National Nutrition Month, I didn't know until now. Hey, They got you covered at HelloFresh because they actually have a dietitian wing tab that you can select with under 700 calorie meals plus one third less sodium. I don't like the less sodium, though. Tastes better that way. That's my personal opinion, though. Not HelloFresh's. HelloFresh is cheaper than the grocery store as well. Twenty-five percent less expensive than takeout. So you're going to be saving money. And right now, you guys are going grocery shopping. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Prices are going through the roof. Everybody's getting chickens. You can save some money with HelloFresh, especially right now. Go to hellofresh.com/confessional60 and use code confessional60 for sixty percent off plus free shipping. That's hellofresh.com/confessional60. Use code confessional60 for sixty percent off plus free shipping go check it out right now
1: i grew up on uh, this farm in new york that's owned by west point like the united states military academy we were the only civilians that lived in that area well in west point but my parents were coaches our coaches for the equestrian team so for like horse riding and Mm -hmm. stuff uh so we had it was like this old estate that west point bought my parents just lived there. And, you know, I grew up with no neighbors in the middle of nowhere. It was great. I was a little ashamed of it as a kid because it was just like no one else was living this kind of life. I'm in the middle of nowhere in this old house with a bunch of horses and woods. And like, I have like no friends, right? (laughs) Uh, But I would find stuff all the time old civil war bullets revolutionary war bullets in new york oh yeah yeah because wow. west point was you know george yeah. uh george washington created it to be the outpost to get the british they they pulled the giant chain across the bottleneck of the hudson right there to stop the ships that actually never came uh, and that's you know benedict arnold and everything uh yeah. happened there so it was a, a cool place to grow up and we would find treasure quite often and and indian stuff for sure
0: uh it was a great and strange place Man, i never found stuff like that in indiana but i agree <laughs> with you about old stuff was treasure and this like my whole jumping off point for how i became interested in anything like this was uh roanoke island and i talked to my parents into taking me to every colony really? for a vacation how old were what? you <sighs> 11 <laughs> 10 awesome. maybe how'd you get into it at that age i just remember so i like i've always had a problem with like school right mm. but I just remember this you know you're sitting there facing your hand, And you're tuning out and they're like in this colony and then everybody disappeared. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) My attention. And I like, I guess delusions of grandeur. Like my parents took me there and I was like, I'm going to solve this. I'm going to be. the (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) I was (laughs) like, I was like walking around like there, if you've never been, they do like this play on the Island and like, that's where Andy Griffith got his start. Actually was Hmm. playing Sir Walter Raleigh in the play. And, uh, (laughs) Day. the best references to stuff <laughs> like I know i'm like
1: a i'm like talk about John ritter this morning and like <laughs> yeah, in the morning night, at the yeah. airport <laughs> but anyway uh,
0: but no i i like they like you have to walk down into this giant amphitheater to do it mm. to or to to watch it um and I remember like clear as day going down the stairs. It had like a wooden fence with the lights lighting up the trees so that you could see. And I was looking through I was like, I'm gonna find clues. <laughs> I was, like, checking every tree to see if it said croton. And, like This sounds
1: very it. similar to how I did the last
0: book on. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like I was like, I'm going to solve this when we're leaving. I was like, but I didn't solve it yet, Mom. <laughs> oh my. <man. laughs> and like everything in the museum, I was like, look, I, like I found this. And they're like, well, somebody else found it found it, Leslie. I was like, yeah, but I found it too. Like, yeah, It's just yeah, because of course. it's here doesn't mean I didn't find it, mom. Like, that's <laughs> that's
1: awesome that your parents
0: did that for you at that age. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they were just like, as long as, like, it's not video games. Yeah, I'm going to remember that for <laughs> It's sense. not Perfect Dark. It's not you know, yeah. Silent Hill. It's
1: you know, like, he's really obsessed with this for some Imag- reason. Imagination in a child is the, the best gift. That's the treasure yeah. mm. for me.
0: Yeah.
1: I love wow, that. that's my wholesome wow. remark of the day. Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you put like a nice sun behind me rising? you're, <laughs> Shane, long
2: you're long one you of those rise? people that whenever I talk to you, you say things like that, and I'm just like, I gotta be a better dad.
3: Like, <laughs> <laughs> Dude,
2: I got many flaws. I got many flaws, but you're so poet. You're such a poetic person. Like, I like you look, it. like you look at life. Um, in a very uh, you uh beautiful be way, I should. Right, you yeah. should be right. Oh, yeah, I appreciate yeah, yeah. that. You
1: I thought dude, about it. I have to. I'm, I'm like on the fence stop with being, it.
0: Stop pursuing uh, acting. Yeah. and <laughs> you know your
1: TV <laughs> reality shows. I, I just, yeah, the children are like amazing. I mean, it's just like we were talking about earlier when you first see their faces, and you know everything changes. You know, yeah. not saying people aren't inspired and in love with the world. But that, that was a big shift for me and they're a huge source, source of information and, uh, imagination to me has just always been mm-hmm. everything, you know, yeah. for me, probably because of the the woods growing up, you know, in the middle of nowhere, having Same. no friends yeah. and you'll have to go out and make your own friends. And, uh, Did, like
2: I remember, so. I remember walking through, so with the big trailer park we had, there was a stretch of woods that came into the trailer park and us kids would go into that stretch of woods Mm -hmm. and then go deep into the woods Mm -hmm. and we would drag wood back there and we were building tree houses. I fell out of a tree house, landed on a nail with my foot and they had to carry me out. Bloody sock, yeah, I, It was probably, that it probably sucks. felt worse than what it was, but like I remember it went through and I pulled my foot out and my sock was just dripping, my sock was dripping uh, with blood. I can feel that. Yeah. It, it was my, right in my heel. Oh, but, uh, oh, on the heel. yeah. Terrible. Oh, we had, we had a worse. pulley system. So enough. you would sit in a rope and you'd pull yourself up and I lost it and went, and I landed oh, on my feet. I was like, I'm good. No, I'm no, not. not. <laughs> Ugh, delay. But, uh, Anyway, so I remember walking through the woods though by myself because uh, sometimes I wasn't the most popular kid. So sometimes, depending on how the kids' moods were, if they liked me or not that day. Mm-hmm. So there was plenty of days I was by myself, yeah, and uh, walking into the woods. And I would walk into the woods, and I would just feel like I'm entering a new, another realm almost. As an adult, describing that now, mm-hmm. I didn't have those words then, but mm-hmm. like I always felt like when I was walking into the woods, I was walking into a, a almost like a magical place and uh you were i wasn't sure what was looking at me and, fo- and and maybe following me and i was you know looking into the topic of big not looking into but i heard of the, the bigfoot and mm-hmm. you know I, I didn't know much about it but i was like oh my gosh what if this, this creature is here and um you know I, th- that that whole sense of wonder mm-hmm. is something that's always kind of pushed me throughout my life you know yeah. and, and when i was in my mid-20s is when i started really starting to look at bigfoot again right and uh for the last wow, it's been 12 years. I think I started when I was 25 looking at Bigfoot. Oh my gosh. It's <laughs> incredible. It's I, crazy. It's funny Cause
1: like I haven't, I love, I love the idea of Bigfoot. It's just something I just haven't gotten into that far yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've talked about it quite oh, yeah, a bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and we should, again, all I love hearing, my coworkers
0: <laughs> dismay. <laughs> <We don't laughs> bring it up.
1: Both of you guys talk about it, but like, I've also liked the, the woods as like this dark organism has always been really interesting to me because yeah. mm-hmm. it's like you said, there's like a fear and beauty out there and, that was probably the first place I, I experienced true fear and love in the, in the woods. Cause it's completely beautiful. But when the sun starts to go down and it's darker in the woods first, mm-hmm. you can see the light far ahead. It is incredible, you know? And I would just be like out there by myself, you know, sometimes with, with a horse of mine, you know, just, just riding around and finding bones and all that good stuff. How
2: far were you from the Catskills?
1: That's probably like an hour, I'm an hour south, hour and a half south, Okay, depending. They're kind of a big area, but yeah, it's it's up there. Gotcha. That's some interesting. There's Bigfoot up there. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. It's funny, we never really talked about Bigfoot growing up. It was mostly like- uh, Horses. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. horsemen no uh <laughs>
3: they're real Tor- yeah. those are real actually here. this is why i came down here i wanted to tell you guys about the horseman
1: uh from my childhood no no it was He's like, like ghosts and aliens man, bigger. yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> that's the <a> sequel yeah <laughs> but no i yeah, the, yeah. the woods the woods are like this uh i forget who said this it was either i think it was nathaniel hawthorne um he called them like this dark cathedral and there's nathaniel hawthorne do you ever read hawthorne like mm-hmm. I love Hawthorne. He was the descendant of one of the judges that uh hanged was he did they hang the witches yeah they didn't burn the witches in Salem they hanged them uh, so his his great 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 grandfather was one of those judges in Salem for the witches and when Nathaniel grew up and became a writer, he changed his last name because he was so ashamed of all of this really yeah, and uh, just like by one letter though I think, and then he wrote these like just terrifying Early, I'd say 18th century or 19th century short stories, probably 19th century. Uh, but Young Goodman Brown is one of my like favorite short stories. And it's it's actually horrific. And it's just a guy walking into the woods and he meets the devil. And it's the scariest, it's one of the scariest stories, I think. The way he talks about it, it's not like- Is over. this a real account? No, no, no. It's, it's a short story. But maybe it's based on something. Because, I think it is. Because, I mean, he is <laughs> a descendant is of the people with the witches. You yeah. Know? And, and it is like this New England- weird puritanical yeah. society that he's dealing with in that story uh but there you yeah, have those witches and like this satan type character uh and it's it's beautiful but it's a horrific terrifying story so yeah. that's what i always thought about when i was in the woods
2: wow. <laughs> Yeah, that's why he's a writer these days <laughs> i have trauma <laughs> yeah wow yeah i i uh, i've always been fascinated by it i remember when we were kids uh i, re- I distinctly remember it was um it was a snow day and we were it was maybe the blizzard of ninety six or ninety three, one of the two. Mm. And we were we were building these really big forts that were complex, like layers, you know, like here's the tunnel you go in, you gotta go up to this spot and all that. And I remember the kids were like, There's a werewolf, there's a werewolf. And I'm like <laughs>
0: What? That's and it weird. goes, I'm already
2: like Bigfoot's for
0: sure real. Yeah. You know. Now like, we got werewolves. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> and um and I, I I crawl out of this this thing and they're all freaking out and pointing up into this little piece of woods that were there behind the trailers. And um and I freak out and I just book it and I start running. Mm. And uh, I, I probably ran a good distance and all of a sudden I hear laughing and I look back the kids are laughing me and they're like, you're so gullible. And mm. I was like, you win. I'm going to be a podcaster one day.
1: <laughs> and you're going to prove those kids wrong because yeah, you're going to find that Absolutely. monster. Absolutely. You're going to like show them. You
2: Maybe this is it? like the deep seated uh, beginning of how all this started for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh. <laughs> This is
1: coming into turning into a therapy session. Yes, thank we you got guys. Roanoke out of the way. <laughs> now, you know, what's up with you and your monsters? Uh, start crying. In the soon. Woods. Perp- this, <laughs> this is perfect. My kind of day.
3: <laughs> I don't think I've ever
2: even told that story because it's nothing. There's not much of a story to it, but I do remember that, no, that I, I was freaked out because they were yeah. all screaming and they organized it to freak me out. Yeah, And that's because I was the whipping boy yeah. all the time. Whether I was like there was-
1: that a lot too. Like not having a lot of friends. I did have friends at school growing up, but like they would just Constantly rag on me. I was super skinny. I had buck teeth and a mullet. I was oh, civilian. They are all military. I remember them like in like middle school making fun of me because I, I just wanted friends. I just want. I'll just and at that point, like fourth, fifth grade, I'd say anything. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And these kids all banded together to say there was a band called Mastodon and they asked me if I liked it. And I said, Yeah, I love that band. Mastodon didn't exist yet. I would later grow up to be like a huge Mastodon, a huge band? Mastodon. Yeah. Band. Like, you people, <laughs> I love Mastodon. I'll show I was you a, it will exist. I'm okay. a time traveler. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, kids are cruel, yeah, but, but but in a, but in a way, like I'd prefer it. I think there's a, something, unfortunately to experiencing some type of, uh, you know, not only say violence, but bullying. Yeah. But look what it does to you. Can I get a little others? bit
0: of credit though, for coming up with a really cool fake band name? Which, wait, which is Mastodon? That? Like a bit. Yeah. Right. Like, like, yeah. Can they, yeah, like, it true. Up the you know, age, right? I will like, give like, them yeah. credit. That <laughs> was a great band <laughs> yeah. name. Yeah. It's sort of like, oh, who is it? Who is it? There's a band I know. They're really great. They opened for STP one time, but they started their band as a joke. Like they huh. we're gonna make fun of these band kids, <laughs> and they're they still doing out. it to this that's day. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah, like, that's wow, that's hilarious. But no, it's in sort experiencing
1: like Beck. like Beck, Beck, yeah. I love Beck.
0: The loser, he wrote it as a joke. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> great song. We'll, we'll, later we'll get to Wesley's impersonations of all these things. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't do Beck. No, but there's something to that kind of friction growing up, whether it's in the forest, you know, meeting like something existential because it's dark, or kids making fun of you because like early on you learn like life's not easy. <laughs> And and maybe some like some of us like the the guys sitting at this table are so interested in why it's not easy that we just make a career out of it mm-hmm. and we investigate the things that scare you you know the things that scared us as children because uh, there are certainly monsters in this world yeah absolutely some of them human a lot of them human
2: yeah that's a lot of yeah, them a lot, <laughs> there's them. There's a lot. yeah uh, over under human monsters versus monsters that come through portals how many who, who which one <laughs> yeah good point. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I think there's probably more human monsters. Um I want to tell you I I had interaction with this guy his name's Burke and um this is kind of going back on the treasure hunting thing but I think it's really interesting. Um I'm hoping he comes on the show. He said he would, but right now he's in the middle of a treasure hunt. And nice. uh, last time I checked in with him, I said, how's it going out there? I haven't heard back and he hasn't seen it yet on Instagram. So oh uh, I, I, hopefully he's still around. Uh, but Burke, if you're listening, you, Burke. man,
0: we're, we're we are rooting for you, brother. I
2: know, so here's the thing though, like there's nothing even a root for in the sense that they found treasure, mm. uh, which is absolutely amazing. Um, it's a Netflix series called Pirate's Gold of ADAC. Mm. And uh, I stumbled upon it I binged it in like a day. I was like, produce audio
3: or watch treasure.
2: <laughs> you know? And I was just like, I'll just stay late and produce audio later tonight. You know, yeah. sorry kids. You'll see daddy tomorrow. <laughs> um, but, um, I'm telling you, man, like it's a, it's a really, I'm a sucker for this stuff yeah. to begin with. So I don't know if it's a good show or not, <laughs> but I thought it was great. And, uh, it's, it's a, it's an Island that was used by the military during world war two. And, uh, they and I'm drawing a blank, and I'm actually ashamed of this. I'm drawing a blank how this. Oh, now I remember. So, the, the before that, this was a, a, an island that was rumored to possibly have pirates' gold on it, uh, from a, a legendary pirate.
1: Is this America? Like, America.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's right below, right below Alaska, okay. so I think it's part of Alaska. Oh, interesting. Um, and then, in during World War II, the military went onto the onto the island and they set up as a, a base, and it was a place where actually it came under attack from the Japanese, apparently, or at least they were afraid of that. Well, they did find Japanese art- artillery there, so I guess they they were there, but they 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 booby trapped the island. They were very worried that Japanese would come on, and um, so they they do construction, they're setting up barracks and all this stuff. And while they were digging uh, a trench for one of these buildings, it's reported that they, a, a man um, was digging and he dug up a can and it had all these gold coins in it. Hmm. And the legend was that this pirate buried his gold coins in cans and uh, jars, uh, empty milk jars. Hmm. And so, and there's a picture of this guy holding these coins on the island. So they're like, okay, so unless this is an elaborate hoax from a long time ago, hmm. like this actually happened which means there's probably more of this. right? And, they, and they, I think one other person found stuff, real small stuff, but nothing. But they did a lot of construction on that island. And as the show goes on, they're looking at these different locations. They finally are in the last, uh, the last location, like, it's got to be here. Uh, and so they, they're looking around, they can't find it. And all of a sudden they realize this hill that they're on is flat on top because it was excavated. I'm losing my voice, by the way. Mm. Um, it was excavated and they're like, well, where'd the dirt go? So they go through all the the records and they find out that they, they dumped the dirt on the other side of the Island mm-hmm. in this, in this area. So they go over there, they're looking around and stuff and, uh, night falls and the, the winter's coming in. So they're trying to hurry up and stuff. And they're like, uh, we didn't find it today. There's a storm coming in. Mm. Um, tomorrow morning we might be able to get out here again. If not, the search is over for the season kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So they go back to at night to sleep and see what happens with this storm coming in. And Burke and his buddy, I, I, forget, I think his name's Jay, they grew up together, I think on the island back in the day when residents were there. Uh, they, they're they like, dude, you want to pull an all-nighter?
0: And, yes. and he's like, heck
2: yeah, bro. Yeah. So they got lights out and stuff and they they're looking all <laughs> over the area. And they found a rock, a big rock, and they're getting a hit, a strong hit for gold. Mm. And they they hook up chains to the rock. They pull the rock back. They find a gold coin underneath the rock. Incredible! And uh, they they they're like this. I mean, I'm I'm jumping. I'm like, yeah. The lady's next door in the hair salon, I'm like, what is going on over there? I'm like, it's just go, It's okay. Uh, it's like it was. I was so excited because I, I told Burke because I talked to him a little bit and I I, I said Burke like nobody ever finds gold on these shows, man. Right. Like, like, like th- this show should be huge because yeah. you guys found the gold. Right. And so the next day they bring the rest of the team out and they start looking around in this area more and they find some more gold coins wow. up to a gate. That's that, that says no trespassing because it's one, of, it's like the last spot on the Island where they have not diffused all the in-ground bombs, oh, booby wow. traps. So they literally can't go beyond the gate wow. or that's they'll get blown up. So Cool. So, and and the gold was leading up to that gate. So in the second season, which I'm thinking they're they're filming now,
1: sweeping. I don't once, know what they're doing. In the field,
2: but they but they got to like defuse those bombs first, I guess, yeah. and then search for the gold.
0: But man, is this the same? Like I watched something. This was a while back where there it was two people working in the construction who decided we're doing this now instead. Like I think so. Okay, and it there were two brothers. No, they're that, were friends. Okay, that were. And developing they're, and then decided we're looking for this
2: no no that's that's oak island that's oak island yeah
0: i love that kind of stuff
1: it, that's what go, stories.
0: goes to show you like what very similar stories very though. similar with the construction and
1: yeah uh, don't don't stop fossils. if you feel like you need to go out and do that all-nighter yeah. <laughs> oh yeah do the yeah. all-nighter yeah
0: <laughs> gotta put in
1: that work don't just be like uh maybe i've learned like procrastinating no It'll kill you. Yeah, it will kill you.
2: How many times have you procrastinated in life on something where you're just like, "I'll get it tomorrow," and all of a sudden something happens and the opportunity is gone. Dude,
1: I wrote two books in a year and I still procrastinate every day. <laughs> <laughs> like I, it, it's I'm, it's never enough. Yeah. Sleeping. never enough i don't yeah I just, <laughs> like, you're I allowed to sleep. do that <laughs> uh, i don't know if i look like i look like i haven't i haven't slept in two weeks right now uh and i feel it like my, i feel like my a ghoul <laughs> you know my face yeah. is falling off i'm like oh my goodness but it's like i'll I'll know i'll get some rest eventually yeah. but I, I need to work now because if i don't work now yeah. it'll be gone yeah. you're not not the job but like just the story yeah and so i gotta get the story while it's alive like they got the the gold yeah do. Absolutely, I love that. Deadlines are a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a deadline, even if it's a self-imposed one, it it could work in your
2: self-imposed favor. deadlines are the best deadlines because mm-hmm. if uh, if nothing else, it does teach you discipline. You oh, know, yeah. if yeah. If, you, if you can say I have a self-imposed deadline and you stuck to it, it, it just it just another check in mm-hmm. the discipline category. Yeah, uh, and before you know it, it's just second nature. That's yep. what, that was what for me. I mean, like honestly, like I like. I'm a freaking side work now. Like I really am. I don't know how else to describe myself. Like I'm just a robot at this point. Like I, I, I have a real groove. I just go, I don't, it's like the idea of putting something off to tomorrow. Isn't it? It's not, it doesn't even fit. That's not, it doesn't cross my mind. Yeah. I wasn't always like that, though.
1: Yeah, same. Unless same there's a pirate gold documentary. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, well, no, I just put it technically off. Technically work. Listen, no. <laughs> that, it technically definitely work, yeah, yeah, because this sure. is going to be a future guest. For okay, sure. so yeah. back it's off, research. back it's
1: off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh, we pinched her. nerve. Wow.
2: Um, no, but I I, um, I, did work later that night, sucker. <laughs> but uh, but uh, no, I, I don't even know what's going No, before it, you slandered Josh,
1: me. Deadlines are good. And I think you should beat yourself up and you don't hit yourself self-imposed deadlines because then you got to apply that pressure Yeah, because you could just be angry forever when you're procrastinating, you're not getting anything done. You know, even if you have, if we're driving trucks, if we're moving furniture, if we're working wherever, you know, you can still make that time at the end of the day. It's really kind of like a
0: balancing act from as well, because you don't want to, if like what we do, like you can't rush something either. Yeah. Like it's about finding right in the middle of like don't over don't try to get this done before for mm-hmm. arbitrary reasons make sure what you're doing is is right yeah but also don't be leisurely right and, you know don't be like it's, and I, it's threading a needle
1: it is And i was thinking about what we were saying on the plane you were laughing while you were writing your jokes yeah, for the yeah. Vlog, <laughs> and i'm sitting there writing about like the most horrible things yeah and, and then yeah it's true but I also don't have to write as consistently as you do. Like you're writing Mm. full on things every week. I'm a binge writer Mm. where I'm taking notes every day. I'm (laughs) researching and then like, I'll do three weeks of just no sleeping Mm. and writing and researching and interviewing. And then I get to like chill for a week uh, or
0: two. So I'd love you know, to different. do a trading places with you. Actually, no. That would be would hilarious. Be. It would be, oh my God, I want to see it. You want to do it right directed. now? <laughs> 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 Nobody wants
2: that plate. No, 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 oh no, my no, gosh. Good.
1: Yeah, we'll, I, we'll revisit this in like three weeks and see how everyone feels.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, because right now, I mean, we're talking to you, Shane, and we're in between part one and part two of the, of the article. Mm. And so you're about to drop some more heaters. And right now, like literally... Like like it, for me, having you guys come in today, it was just this was not planned to be like this timing wise, you know. Like because I was thinking to myself, like you know, in all honesty, you're coming down and I saw the drama popping off, and I'm like freaking a man, like <laughs> like, like I like I, <laughs> no, it's not you. It's just like like I I, I don't want to be part of this, yeah, you yeah, know. what I mean, yeah. and so it's just like it's why I'm kind of glad I have the next like four or five weeks of shows yeah. scheduled because it'll be like, they'll on, come for you. I'm sure they will. They right. They will come for just, for, you. just for, just for talking to you. Sorry. Yeah. But, <laughs> but hopefully it's, it's simmered down by then. Uh, but I mean, that's what I was thinking. I was like, dang, like, I don't want to, like, I just, I wanted to, talk, I wanted to bring my friend in the studio, yep. talk about his, his podcast and talk about paranormal experience, gold hunting, mm-hmm. Atlantis and all that stuff. <laughs> and then and over time I, I was thinking, we'll, we'll, we'll dive in on the yay thing. Cause yeah. all that, but like. This is just another Let beast. me say this
1: though, because I don't want to talk about it all too much yet because it's not all allowed, but <clears throat> what my goal is for this is that I am going to create a blueprint for us to not worry about these things ever again. And that seems vague yeah. and it will make sense later. Okay. But there is a way that we are going to destroy all this bullshit. And when you say this is what? Just the wave of hate that doesn't make any sense to people. Amazing. That is my goal. I hope I do it. But
0: we'll see. We'll, we'll come back in saying a week. things like this for 12 hours. <laughs> like, like, bro, I don't want to oversell this, <laughs> but uh, I can't tell you anymore, but it's big. And I'm like, ugh, a I'm part kidding. of the CIA? I yeah. mean- no. It's not even, I don't even know that. I mean, I could say
1: I, that's Freaking all theory, but but there's just, there's just dark people out there and there's so much chaos and there's no reason to, I think, hate on anyone, even if they've lied. So- yeah. My goal is I just want to move forward and I could fail mm. and I don't care because I truly believe that how I'm writing this and how I'm reporting on it to the best of my ability is just, that's the only way I know how to do it. You know, yeah. just letting people talk, doing my best to research, doing the due diligence I can in the time frame I have, and then laying it out for the people with all of my flaws exposed because mm. we've all seen all of them on Twitter by other people. So yeah. I might as well put in my own story, yeah. um, but it's important to me. So. We'll see, how, we'll see how it goes. And uh, hopefully it, may, uh, it makes sense to me in a few days. We'll see. I'm <laughs> hopefully to it makes sense to me in a few days. We'll have to finish, I have to finish writing most of it tonight and tomorrow. Yeah. And I have oh. like a three-hour drive tomorrow. Mm. So it'll be a lot of That's like uh, Dale Cooper in the car, you know, talking into my yeah. audio recorder. It's magnet. You can fix
2: it. Wait, you break my studio yeah. with my cheap mic yeah. stand. <laughs> oh, we cheap- see the kind of stuff you got here. <laughs> You're exposing my cheapness. Oh man, he got the good honey.
1: Yeah, yeah he, he has good honey. He gave us great tea. He's a great host. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs>
2: right. Uh, boiled the water, had to overflow on the table. Yeah. You know, hey, this table is actually a really, really old table. It was made by a local farmer. Over, oh, cool. Uh, it, it was, it was, it's. I think it's close to a hundred years old. Wow. Uh, the the farmer's daughter, he passed away last year, mm. and. By looking at the table, she just reminded of her dad. Mm. And so I found it on Facebook Marketplace, and I went and picked it up. And uh, they said $200, and I was like,
3: I don't think it's worth $200,
2: but I'll take it because you're crying. <laughs> and uh, and I took it, and and then and then they sprung on me, and you got to take these chairs too, and it was like a dozen chairs.
1: What kind? Do they match this? <laughs> so- or? so- they said that uh, he this is hopefully your audience is like I don't care what kind of chairs but this is the furniture mover Yeah, (laughs) like oh what kind it's a good story actually it's a good story
2: actually and it 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 it, it actually pulls into the question of is this story even real Uh, (laughs) they're like you know these chairs go with it too because he built those too I'm like okay so I'm like I I didn't want them but I, I threw them in the back of the trailer and okay we'll take them and we get them, we bring them here and stuff and setting things up. We flip it over on the bottom of this. It said, uh, what did it say? It said, um, A property of Wendy's. It was old Wendy's chairs.
1: That's awesome. That's <laughs> and awesome. So,
2: and so like he didn't build it. So did he build this table? I don't know. Maybe this came from Wendy's too. See, the but it's a <laughs> really it's, nice Wendy's, right? It's a really nice Wendy's. It's,
1: it's the story that matters. Yeah, it's like I'm giving. You, you can't trust everything, I, unfortunately. You know, I'm I'm one of the most skeptical people out there. It's hard for me to believe anything anymore. Yeah, uh, but the story is what matters. Yeah, it says true. the writer trying to convince everyone that he's right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I got rid of all the chairs except for three of them. I'm
1: that's they were, awesome. They were ugly.
2: Uh, I, was, I was like, man, he is. <laughs> I have, he built those. <laughs> I have
1: so much stuff from dead people from working as a furniture mover because most of the people I I moved furniture for were dead. I okay. would die. We'd clean out their house. The family didn't want anything. So it was, I went in the dumpster, I went to a box truck, and we auctioned it off. Mm-hmm. So that's like 10 years of my life of just old houses in New York sifting through these belongings, seeing awesome, how it was awesome. But like seeing how everything we collect is worthless mm. depending on how you raise your family yeah. right because a lot of these families just wanted money mm. how much can i get for this how much and they're like i thought you're grieving that's just not how i would grieve maybe people grieve differently i'm not thinking about money when i'm yeah. grieving i think man that was a beautiful life you know but uh a lot of these people were like that they were kind of upper end type folks because they were like who i wouldn't think of auctioning anything i guess the hamptons <laughs> yeah it wasn't the hamptons no but it was like fake hamptons you know but like yeah. in the hudson valley in new york uh, they wished their Hamptons. They pretended the the, the, <laughs> the river was some type of beach. But um, yeah. So I would I would attach some type of sympathy to objects because people, some people were grieving for these things, and or some people didn't care for these things, and I felt bad for the object. I couldn't just throw it away when I was told to. Like, I'll never forget my boss, who was this. This is fascinating. He was a terrible <laughs> man. This guy was terrible. <laughs> he was uh, he would pick up trash. And then just walk to you past the trash can and put the trash in your hand for you to throw away. Oh man. I was like, oh, one day I'm going to destroy this man. But, um, <laughs> uh, he told me to throw away this, um, this beautiful like print. It was a Picasso print. So it wasn't an original Picasso, but if you look at the dates and if we are to believe, you know, all this stuff, uh, that the dates said on the back, it would mean that it was like a print that was made while Picasso was alive in Paris. I love Picasso's. I love that kind of weird, you know, that abstract cubist artwork. And this happened to be of owls, all different sketches of different owls, which I wanted for my kids. My boss just threw it away because it had a huge coffee stain on it. I'm like, nah, that coffee, st- that coffee stain makes it even better. <laughs> I'm taking it out of the trash. It was a rainy day too. So it still has some stains on it. We flattened it out and we got a frame for it and it's in my daughter's room today. Mm. And it's like one of my favorite things, you know? And this guy was just like, it's trash. Mm -hmm. It's funny to talk about treasure. Mm -hmm. That was like 10 years of me just seeking treasure that was literally meant to be trash or some things I might have pilfered because I was kind of like a pirate uh, for (laughs) for 10 years. Like I got a lot of of books that I didn't want other people to have.
2: (laughs) So uh, there's, I can't tell this story because it's sensitive. Good way to start. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I can't tell the story. Oh, blah, blah 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 now blah I'm, blah blah. I'm instantly let down. No, but, uh, but I, I can And I honestly don't remember all the details. But uh, I was told a, a story about a guy from another guy that's been on the show, and a lot of people know who he is. Uh, but he, a friend of his, was a mover. I think in Hawaii.
1: Hmm, that's an interesting place to move, yeah.
2: And uh, he was moving a dead person's stuff, and this I forget the whole story behind it, but this person had had a bunch of historic artifacts in oh, this wow. house, and nobody knew it was historic. And they were throwing them away. <laughs> And like, like I'm talking like historic, as in the sense of like nobody should own these things. Like this is the like museum quality, like, like Smithsonian type level. Yep. We're, oh, all, we're just getting like we're all amber getting Amber
1: alerts? alerts. Man.
2: Jackson, Tennessee. <clears throat> huh. Let's go. Now we got to record a podcast. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're, we're we're not that close to Jackson. <laughs> all uh, right, all right, but um, Jackson, <laughs> but uh,
1: museum quality. Yeah,
2: I mean, we're talking like the government wants this stuff in their possession wow. it, like it should be illegal it's like i think like he, like he said it's it's practically illegal i know it is illegal to to have possession of these things because this guy took the the stuff uh back to another place and he has it in a storage locker wow. or some of some sort but he can't do anything with it because if he turns it over to the the the, the police or FBI, like there's, I, I, this, I shouldn't even start the story cause I don't have, but, um, and I th- actually think it's, it's best this way because my, my friend told me not to tell the story. <laughs> He's like, we can't talk about this. You told me you don't remember anything. <laughs> no. Uh, no, I think he said that the guy can not talk to me cause it, yeah. it, it, he would get, he would get yeah. in big trouble. Uh, but basically long story short, he has really like, just one piece of it, of this treasure. Wow. Millions of dollars. Wow. Uh, for just one piece. And he literally can't do anything with it. He's going to have to die with it in his possession for them to find it when he's dead. Because he can't like if he even mm-hmm. if he sells it it's trackable yeah. and th- they'll be able to find out who it, it's it's this weird thing mm-hmm. but uh, he I, and I think that now another that thing about it, I think he accidentally stole like he didn't even know what he had at the time right, right. something like that so stop breaking my studio <laughs> what the heck you're showing everybody how cheap I am brother no I was kidding. <laughs>
0: now that that story appeals to two sides of me the uh the <laughs> treasure person and the anarchist who doesn't think the government should be able to own anything i agree well <laughs> I agree. yeah i'm with you there
1: buddy <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: <I'm sorry>. you're <laughs> telling me That's illegal to own?
1: Mm, yeah. Legal to own yeah yeah I,
2: I remember i remember right. when he was telling me the story it was hard for me to wrap my brain around it's like wait what like mm-hmm. huh you know but uh anytime anytime i get to hear and sit and listen to a treasure story i'm down for that action yeah um so let's uh let's move to you wesley wow. uh hello i want to hear some spookies um <laughs> so you have uh so you i don't think you care if i say what you told me about earlier right okay so uh you have a medical condition mm-hmm. that causes seizures yep. and you this is what you, this is what he when you were in your room checking in him and i were talking about this and this is what he said to me when i have a seizure i come back to a different person what i like, like,
1: no, like, every I'm time like, I talk to this guy, he's got something like wild like that. to say I love it. And
2: I'm, I'm like I'm like no no no, no 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 Don't tell me. Wait till we start recording. <laughs> you know. So like I don't know what the heck that's about. But you I, you also said before when we were just talking about what we we're going to all talk about stuff. Uh, I put down seizures, other side
0: story. So go. Um,
2: I mean, <laughs> You've been to the other side, I yeah, guess.
0: Yeah, that that sounds very grandiose. Um, but the way that I would describe it is, so I do have seizures. Um, I don't know what the exact root cause is. I don't know the core of it, but I have something that causes my blood pressure to bottom out, right? It just completely bottoms out. In fact, co of ours had to help me for a few days because it just kept bottoming out. I wasn't losing consciousness, but I was getting very close and I was mm. kind of freaked out Um, for a variety of reasons, a variety of um pharmaceutical reasons um (laughs) feel me i feel you bro um but uh no i've always had this and you know when i was going through the diagnosis process um there was a lot of like i I asked my doctor um shout out to this doctor i don't want to say his name because i don't want to get attention on him but he's a good guy he's a really good guy and I asked him about this and he said, you know, I'm not the person to talk to about that, um, about what was happening. And I ultimately landed on the conclusion that it was, um, you know, when they say when you die, like chemical, your brain releases chemicals that makes people think that they're having supernatural experiences. So I just Mm. went with that. I was like, okay, it's my brain trying to process and I'm seeing or Hearing and the things that I'm experiencing during the seizure are not real; they're just something my brain is doing to cope, or it's a misfire, like a seizure is like your brain misfiring right yeah, and I don't believe that anymore, like I don't, and it wasn't until later like I remember I passed out one time as a kid, and i when I came back, I was like, I went somewhere, and I don't know where it was, but I was somewhere, and it was. Like the person that I am here, I shed and who I really am, who I really am at my core, which is so much more was who I was. And then when I came back, it's so weird because it's like, I I don't know how to, unless you've had one, unless you've had a seizure like that and come and woken up, it's like your entire consciousness is being sucked through a straw. It feels mm. different. It, it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's something that's hard to put into words. But when I came back, when I, everything came back. Every time I come back from a seizure, I'm only out for like two minutes usually. Um, but when I come back, it takes two or three minutes to remember everything. Like not what happened, but. Everything. It's like, I don't remember English. I'm hard rebooting, right? It's like, Mm, wow. All the software is reloading. And I had a, so the one I mentioned where I, it was the first time I was like, okay, that was a weird dream. And then I had another one where I was with a friend, I was in high school, and I sat on the couch. And all I remember is sitting on the couch and then him holding me like up from the floor. And he, I looked at him hes he never looked at me. I was like, what happened? First, I didn't recognize him, right? And then he, I asked him what happened. And he said, you sat on the couch and you sat there for about five minutes and didn't move. I said, what? He goes, you just sat there. And suddenly you fell forward on the floor and started flopping like a fish. Mm. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, what? And he said, and I tried to um, stop you. He said, and you brought your head down so hard on my hand that I had to recoil. And I was like, so I was thrashing pretty hard. Wow. And so he said, so I, that's, and then I woke up and he was cradling me so that I wouldn't hit my head on the ground. And then, you know, it became like a parlor trick that my friends were like, let's see if we can make you pass out and have a seizure. What? Yeah. Because it's external. What I have is something that it's something outside of me that causes my blood pressure drops. Like a today. sensory thing? Yeah. And so they would try to scare me into it, and I was like, "Guys, this how old isn't are you funny. at this point? Uh, sixteen or seventeen? Wow, that,
1: that sounds 17. about right for sixteen, yeah, seventeen-year-old yeah. boys." <laughs> um, <laughs> except we were doing like the chokehold thing. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is something yeah. way more yeah. cool. You should Wild. say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they did it, you know, right? Somebody put me. In oh wow! Me,
0: and it didn't. Nothing happened. <clears throat> oh wow! Nothing. Um. <laughs> uh. In fact, the guy who did that, his name names Bobby. Uh, <laughs> super great guy, but he wanted to see that, um, but. Then a couple of things happened, but they were never major flash forward. It's January of 2020. And like, I'm starting to see through the matrix, you know, like I'm already politically red but I'm not necessarily spiritually red mm-hmm. I'm somebody who's always been a Christian, but never really like alive in my faith.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But then I'm helping a coworker and She's a wonderful woman. We're moving a desk. I'm in Atlantic city, New Jersey, just before everything shuts down and I'm in a mess. I'm was engaged shortly before that. And I'm just in the darkest place I've ever been in my entire life. Like really considering suicide. Mm. um, Like I would, I was far away from my family with nobody and I'd call my mom and be like, I'm trying not to do this. And so I'm at work and I'm just barely getting by and I'm putting this face on because I work in a corporate environment. And so we're moving just moving this desk. I'm just barely getting through every day. And something happens that causes my blood pressure to drop. And we're carrying the desk. I drop the desk. The desk breaks, falls onto her, I fall into the desk. Mm. And then I start having a seizure right there. Wow. She doesn't know what to do. She's standing there frozen. Wow. And I left. And what I saw it's oh, I can't put it into words. It's like a plasma world. A color is there. For- yes. It's, but it's, it's it, you're not perceiving it. It's not eyes. It's not ears. I don't know how to describe it. It's like you're in a, uh, um, uh, it's pure energy. Like you're part of the plasma or I'm observing it. Wow. But it's just pure energy. Wow. And I don't know, you know, I'm, and this is the best look at it that I've ever had. And there are things there that are not people. Hmm. And I don't feel like people when I'm there. And that's the last time. January, 2020. January, 2020. Um, Wow. And then it, and it felt like forever. Like I felt like I was there forever. And then I came back and ever since then, like that felt so real that this doesn't feel real sometimes. Right. Mm. Oh yeah. And it's like, even then I was like, well, that was weird, you know, <laughs> like, but because you're, I don't want to, I don't want to go there mentally. It's just like, well, mm, it was weird, mm. but I still wasn't, but that was what pushed me. It's like, okay, I need to get back in the Bible because mm. that didn't feel necessarily positive or negative. <laughs> if I'm on that, if I'm close to that, I want it to feel really positive. Right. Like I yeah. want to be going in the right direction. Yeah. I don't want to be like, Past the light into the dark, like yep. that's what I was afraid of. Yep. And I don't even know right now what it was. I don't think I'm an expert, or, or because I've seen something. right in like, a theory? No, like I, I I don't know. I just know that I felt it. I just know that I saw it. And when I, you know, eventually would learn about what Terrence McKenna would talk about with machine elves and things like mm-hmm. that. Like I, that sounds not good. I hope that's not where I was. You know, like, I, I, if I was going so This sounds was,
1: different than, I think, those descriptions of mich-
0: the machine elves world, doesn't it? Does sort it of. about plasma? But, well, that, no, I'm talking about what I saw. Oh, yeah, like, okay. <clears> like, <throat> what, what my brain is interpreting as just, like, energy, moving right. energy yeah. in fractals. Right. And, like, uh, but it it felt. What the, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no. No, I want to hear what you were saying. Go ahead. It felt what? It felt like the term that they use, uh, ego death was when i heard that i was like yep that's it like that's what i felt like i it was like levels parts of me parts of who i am here were stripping off is that peaceful is ego death do you describe that as peaceful i don't know if that's what it actually is but when they when they talk about that that's what my brain clicks yes and it's like whoa okay so i went somewhere and i don't at the time it it feels peaceful Mm. but when I come back I don't feel like I was happy to be there right I don't know what it was you know I don't want to be like oh I saw I died for a minute I don't I know I didn't yeah but I was gone and I don't know I don't know that is why I don't know Mm. and that's why I'm where I am with everything that's why when you know I hear anything I'm not like well I'm not going to immediately discount that yeah because I did, did not corroborate this in any way other than it's a hundred percent real to me. Did that give you some type
1: of hope after that? Because you were going through such depression. Absolutely. It changed yeah. the way well, you it. Well, it wasn't
0: necessarily that gave me hope, but it turned my direction. It turned my focus back to what I needed to be on, mm. which was, uh, my faith with, with like, uh, and larger questions and how unimportant the things that I'm, that are destroying me here really are. Yeah. And that there is a, uh, an eternity that I need to be worried about. Mm. And there is like, uh, like ever since then, the words that I, whenever I'm down, the words that I think, and this may be, you know, a lot of people have their scriptures that they go to mm-hmm. and they're usually very mo- motivational, you know, but the one that always strikes me is, uh, like kingdom come, they will be done. And it's like, that is, he, he is in the mission. Mm. What your mission is my mission. And if I think that way, then all of the things that go wrong in a day that get you down mm. and make you mad at your dog and and make you frustrated with your coworkers or your neighbor, or whatever, it doesn't matter. It, it does. Those things do matter. But are you going to let those control the way that you handle yourself as a person? Mm. No. This
1: is like one of those beautiful life lessons that people should hear where you've turned something that should be a negative for most people, mm. a terrible seizure. This, all this stuff mm. and you've learned something from it and now you've made it some type of armor against the world with your faith
0: mm. i i mean that's a way of looking at it i don't i don't know it it's more just like a reminder mm. you know and it hasn't happened well this is what time. I mean though like it seemed when i'm when i've
1: been that depressed and have like those times too and for various reasons but it's typically because it's like I'm so ingrained in the material world mm-hmm. of like not making the money, not having the job, not being in the house, not mm-hmm. having the family—all these things—and that experience, like you said, shows you like there's an eternity yeah. you should be worried about, and yep. we for- need to like shed away the material shit.
0: We were talking earlier. Um, is it okay to mention when you were talking about your experience with the witch? Oh yeah, yeah. and how you shut down from the yeah. Bible, right? Yeah.
2: It wasn't, it wasn't a willful thing. It it was literally, I, I believe he attached demonic entities to me that interfered with my, my spiritual walk.
0: Mm -hmm. But like, it's interesting that like those things that when you, what am I trying to say? When you shut down the word, it makes room for other things. Mm -hmm. And when you are in the word, there is no room for those things. Like we have. Said to each other a lot today, I'm not a perfect person mm-hmm. or I'm not a good person, mm-hmm. you know, but I have Jesus, right? And that's 100% how I feel. Like, I, I'm always worried that people hear us as Christians and think that we're sanctimonious or, or, you know, um, holier than thou. Mm-hmm. But what it really is to me is that I know that if I'm in the word, the things that plague me, we all have our own personal demons. Yep. If I'm in the word, they can't they don't get my time Yep, and I know that I have personal things that are my problem that I battle every day. But if I'm in the word, those things don't occur to me. Right. Um, it's, that's like such a haunting and beautiful story. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. It, you, it makes like, me feel like, like it's not something I tell a lot of people that, and like, I'll say like, no, I don't know anything about that because you just don't open that. Right. Cause sometimes talking about it
1: diminishes it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And like, if you talk about it all the time, it becomes your thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, well, perfect analogy, it is when I started having seizures, it became my thing that people wanted to see. Mm. And I didn't, you know, like want that. I didn't want to be the guy that's like, oh, if you scare him, he might pass out and have seizures. Like, I I don't want that with this either. And I don't know whether it's good or bad. I don't, I don't know whether the things that I've diagnosed it as are that maybe it is my brain. Mm -hmm. Like processing it and you see light and what maybe it is and Mm maybe uh, i'm scared to know the truth but what did i get from it a much better path in my life Mm. and that ultimately is what i care about not like i'm some person who's experienced the other side i don't know that i have but what i experienced made me sure that there is one Mm. and that i need to get right with my maker you know and that uh, it, it was at least a sign not a sign but it was at least a moment that changed the worst trajectory i was on in my entire life incredible Um, incredible and it got me and from that point on i left new jersey i left (laughs) that part of my life i'm now like living my dream as we've talked about can we if
1: if not if i'm about to say something and you don't want to tell this story that's fine
0: but if i just say patient zero oh yeah that's dude this (laughs) i told him yeah I, I destroyed New Jersey. Sorry about that, New Jersey. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. He, he,
2: that's right. Uh, before you tell that story, I just want to let you guys know your camera stopped working. I ran okay. out of space on my SD card. So uh, if Good. I do if I do produce this on we video. We both look like zombies. <laughs> if I do make this on video, it'll just be the show art one <laughs> for, for the rest of the time here.
0: Just us going. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I got to fix this system. I'm working on it. I'm trying to become a YouTuber. Dude, you're doing great.
0: Nah. No, this is amazing. But um, uh, nah, Patient I'm zero. Positive. Okay, so I worked at I'm not going to say what um resort in Atlantic City. It was a really big one. <laughs> it has multiple buildings and I was working for um a technology company that say or, it. No. Um, <laughs> no, I was working for a technology company that's that now, all of a sudden. now Probably. <laughs> owned by a uh, well-known conglomerate named after the art of scrying. Uh, <laughs> but uh they um, they sent me to Vegas. Um, I was in Vegas Jr. Um to train. Actually, there's a lot more to it that I'll tell you off air. Um, but <laughs> they sent me their train because I was taking over a network um director role um for the for the uh, property. Funny story, like they had their internet was down in their entire event space for over a year. And they're like, we can't figure it out. We've got all of these like IT experts, and we think that we have to drill like 10 feet underground to check the fiber optic cables i went in the fiber optic cables were unplugged (laughs) Yep. and they're like what do you want i said thirty thousand (laughs) dollars it's like i want thirty thousand dollars and they're like wait what it's like yeah and they go okay are you serious (laughs) yeah bro Uh, i I never got it this was four days before oh no
2: so they agreed and then
0: oh i'm in a nice payday yeah we've been great um but not, yeah, it wasn't just like one flat rate. Right? I was like, I want my salary. To, Cause I was switching to that job and they're like, well, what do you want? And like, I had already put together an entire report of like, once I fix this, once we fix this, what is the, and so it wasn't that big of an ask, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to make yeah. an extra this much. But I was like, I want this on top of what I'm already making. I got you. Okay. And they were like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and like, there, there's a lot to it, but it sounds cool when you say it like that. Yeah. Um, but so they're sending me to Vegas to like learn the ropes and i walk into um a resort i'm not gonna say any of the places but <laughs> <laughs> what's the point of this I'm story <laughs> I, don't know. No, I just want everybody who's there like left alone um or to not listen to this and be like come on man because you know? <laughs> they're all really nice people but i was there you know this was um i can check my phone later but like the first week of january um so the the uh, the thing that happened to me at the office was after this but um i walk in and it is a huge event like vegas is never short on huge events i was staying at the tropicana and i had to take a car over to this other property and walked in and there's a giant um, sign paper sign hanging over the event space that says wuhan software institute like welcome Mm. and I was like cool had you heard of Wuhan no that but point? I knew what it was I'd yeah. heard of it but mm. I hadn't heard of it in that context like maybe a little bit and I was but I was very much of the opinion is like this is nothing this is um, H1N1 right right all over and I was like yeah. yeah. no like because I didn't I was like I just I was very preoccupied with my own sadness um, at the time mm. but I, I walked in and I'm just like talking to everybody asking them about internet like passwords, just talking to everybody, shaking hands, Mm. you know, like whatever. And, and like, well, I'm still very agnostic as to the, um, unnamed virus of unknown origin. Um, (laughs) I am, as you're standing at the
1: Wuhan. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I like, as the day's going on, like, uh, I didn't mean that as the week is going on. Um, I start feeling like, yeah. You know, um little something something. A little something something, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was there for 10 days. Um
1: and sounds about like a quarantine amount of time almost. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, yep. yeah. Yeah. No, early lockdown quarantine time. Um and like I was so preoccupied with other things, really, honestly, in my life at that point. But mm. and so when I start feeling that I'm like, Oh, it's just like I'm sad or like I've been talking a lot, so my throat's scratchy or whatever, you know. Um but like I said, as the week is going on, I'm like, I don't feel great. Um, Get back on the plane, fly to, uh, fly back to the East Coast. And like, by that time, like on the, on the flight, I like thought my head was going to explode. Like the pressure was so bad from the flight and Mm. from like the sinus pressure. I was like, I'm my, I might go full scanners and my head will explode. Like this is, I've never felt like this in my life. And like, I, I don't know, you could probably tell by the sound, by the sound of my voice and how I talk that I have sinus issues. Like, I've always had sinus issues, tightness and sinuses, and but I've never felt like this before. Um, once I got off the plane, that pressure went away, but the sickness is just bad. I just laid in the bathtub for four days. Then I went back to work, because I had to. So you, just, you can't really miss work and events, because you know, they're over if you miss them, right? Like You have to be there. <laughs> but then the entire, like, Office, which is very large, this is a very large place, just brought it down. Just I was like, I'm kind of sick. And I remember my boss, he goes, Well, it's not that coronavirus. <laughs> that was the last time I ever saw him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I never saw him again. He's alive. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the next day, I got an email that said, Hey, don't come into work. We're taking the next two days off. The next day, I got a, an email that said, Hey, we're taking the next 15 days off. That was it. And you never got that paycheck. I never got it. And Wesley brought the plague to the East Coast. Yes, I did. <laughs> you freaking <laughs> super spreader. <laughs> yeah. But I and I went back in to get my stuff. Like I went back almost a year later to the resort. Yeah, still under heavy protocols. Like a year they, later. Yeah, almost a year later. Um, it was um, I remember what the date was now that we shut it down. But I went back and like. November. Mm. So almost 10 months. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, went back with my roommate, uh, cause I was already, well, my former roommate. Um, and I was living in Indianapolis at the time, drove back just to get all of my stuff, like all of my stuff from like, they were like, go home now. Don't go back to your office. So right. my coffee was sitting there, right. My shoes were sitting there. The, uh, document that I was writing, the, the cursor was still blanking. Dude, We have been in the apocalypse for three
1: years. We're not defining it as such. We need to start realizing the world has been
0: shut down to apocalyptic degrees. That That is is insane. That is crazy. That is insane. It's just, yeah, like my coffee was there and I was stirring it. So the stir was still in there. And it's just weird. It hadn't, like it was a paper cup and it hadn't bottomed out it's or like, anything It's like you're
2: watching an apocalypse movie where you walk into an abandoned building and, mm-hmm. and everybody's stuff is still there the way it left
3: it.
0: Yeah, all my stuff. Oh there. yeah, yeah. All it's Pompeii. My, stuff there. my backpack, the backpack, not the backpack I brought today, but the backpack I take every day was in there for a year with my laptop in it, my personal laptop, what? Like everything, my phone charger, everything. Like, dude, yeah.
1: you're just make you're just like making all of my rage come back up to the surface yeah. about what they did to us <laughs> uh,
0: for this ridiculous uh
1: event that we went through for 3 years. It was Dude, it was weird.
0: Like, and it's, it's funny too, because like, you know how, like one of the things that you do to combat this is like warmth, right? Mm-hmm. My office was the server room, which was kept at like 43 degrees at all times. It was a giant fan. So I'm in there going, Pff! I always had headphones on there so that I wouldn't get like wow. tinnitus from the just noise canceling headphones. But I was in charge of that. So, you mm-hmm. know, when somebody needed something, I was already in the room. It was yeah. perfect. But, and it was like, you know, I had all my equipment in there, but everything, like how I laid it out for the day. Just sitting there i was like this is weird i was like it's not creepy right but it is weird yeah, i love weird.
1: i love stories like this like how we all individually experience the beginning of lockdown mm-hmm. and everything because mm-hmm. it, it is like when yeah. you watch a zombie movie and after you've mm-hmm. met the characters for a while you're like so how
2: did it go for you yep. yeah three years you're ago. right Never three years ago this, this could be a podcast oh yeah <laughs> this could be a podcast <laughs> exactly. in itself having you're, people on where were you yeah what what was your what's yeah. your story yeah
1: you know covid connection yeah lockdown COVID connection something Locked Let's down. start it.
2: Lockdown 2019 it forever, <laughs> and or 2020.
1: Yeah, and Jersey was terrible. They were arresting people for selling stuff online, online. on Facebook yes. live, yes, A Facebook Marketplace. Like yeah. the gyms couldn't open. Yep. Yeah, that's where that's crazy. From, yeah. right? Wow, yeah.
0: what? It's where Ian Smith is from, right? The, yeah, 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 yeah. His gym yeah. was uh, well, it was in Jersey yeah, for yeah. sure. Yep. <laughs> yep, absolutely. But man, <clears dude. throat> and it was like I was in a sort of a like more rural, not rural, but a little bit more conservative part of new jersey not that there's that many but it even there like the paranoia instantly and i was like come on man like i was very like resistant mm. early on and like <laughs> one of the things that
2: i was the opposite were you oh bro You're terrified um in a sense mm. because my wife was pregnant in her first trimester
1: uh, yeah and, and we're, uh, yeah we were deep
2: yeah i was like if this is like the flu it's really not good yeah. for a woman to get the flu in right. her first trimester yeah. And I was very concerned about that in that sense. Um, But I had also been following the whole sickness since, I think, at least December of 2019. And I was going into work telling guys in the beginning of January, like, guys, there's something going on in China that I think is going to be a big deal. And they're like, you and your conspiracy theories and blah, blah, blah. And then
1: it happened. And they're like, you were right. I remember being at my parents' house. And I had Tim Poole on my phone. Obviously, this is years before yeah. I would meet him. Yeah. And he's talking about what's going on in China. Mm-hmm. And my dad's like, What the hell is that? I'm like, It's this thing going on out there. It's kind of crazy. He's like, Nah, it's fine. Yeah. And then sure enough, you know, we experienced the end of the world yep. Yep. Uh, for sure. Yeah. It's uh, the
0: trial run of the end of the world.
1: <laughs> the trial run. <laughs> yeah. Yes and no, because the world did stop. Yeah. It might not be dead, but it stopped. And we have a scar throughout all these generations. We we share a similar, it's like a world war.
2: Yeah, And even our children, uh, like my son is scarred in the sense that he, because we were in the Philadelphia area and that area got shut down a lot. Um, And to the point that (laughs) trucking industry slowed down so much when I was was still driving truck, uh, I had seven weeks off. The freight wasn't moving. Wow. So like I I built my studio in my basement during that time because my daughter was going to be coming. Uh, so I had to get out of the third bedroom, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, it, it, everything just absolutely stopped. And, uh, I forget where I was going with that, but
1: you're, uh, I started thinking about my daughter and I love her so much and she's so pretty. No, but you're making a good point about how even the young kids were scarred by it.
2: Yeah. This. So my son, uh, thank you. You're great to have here. You, you want a job? Trying, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how this week goes with Scoot. Twitter.
3: <laughs> Screw journalism. I need you to be here
2: on the studio with me. Um, so yeah, but, but my son, uh, so Jordan Peterson talks about the first four years of a child's life is the most crucial for their social development. And, uh, my son was absolutely stifled, uh, because he had just turned two in December and everything shut down a few months later for a long time. And, um, uh, and he, and he, and he already had parents who sheltered him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, like with his first year, I kept him at home for, for the most part because I was scared to drive with him. I was like, what if there's an accident? Yeah. I was, I was paranoid. Yeah. Um, and so between me and COVID, uh, Ben's social skills are just finally starting to get developed now here in Tennessee. Uh, mm. it was another reason why I, I had to get somewhere where I felt like if this happens again, which is very possible that I'm in an area that maybe won't be as bad
1: to survive you through. did the same thing. You uh, left yeah, Pennsylvania. The same thing. Almost uh, like it's right after time. I left yeah, New York yeah. and yep. found our own respective places and, yep. uh, I will never not be angry at what they did to the children in particular, like with these lockdowns, and especially in New York, my kids' school just closed. No one said mm-hmm. anything. No one even told us. It was like your, your place of work where you just show up and you're like, what, what happened? Where's everybody? We lost all the friends. You know, No one wanted to hang out anymore. Everyone was afraid. I was afraid too in the beginning because mm-hmm. my wife was pregnant with our daughter and she was pregnant with our son during Zika okay and during zika oh, i was like yeah. that scary, got the pregnant, pregnant women hard right yeah. dude yeah. during zika i i don't know if were words said, I, I should o- use time right time now sure. but i'll say it was like i was destroying all of the mosquitoes i'll say it that way <laughs> and uh i i had every weapon at my disposal to keep my wife safe from the mosquitoes <laughs> <laughs> digital things that like hissed the beeping sounds like our waitress from earlier uh like swatters <laughs> no one's gonna even yeah, get that yeah. yeah that's just for us that's just for us some things are just for us guys oh uh gosh. Deep didn't cut. didn't get bit once and then she did a lot the next summer but like when she was pregnant again we were like really another plague yeah. second kid second plague no so more the, kids for you the doctors yeah. were like when you get pregnant again can you tell us yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get chill yeah uh but no i will never i'll never forgive the government for what they did to us and the way they did our children dirty. Yeah. It was disgusting. The lot,
0: this was a, the experience that I had was just like how fast on the dime things turned, um, from like what I perceived to be truth. And it gave me a theory too. I had a theory of a COVID theory and I never hear anybody talk about this, which to me, it seems obvious. Like I'm wrong almost all the time, (laughs) but Sometimes I notice things. Hmm. What I noticed is I think that the COVID reaction was the opposite of what the machine intended. Mm -hmm. I think we've talked about this. Mm -hmm. COVID was a blessing. No, 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 no. Oh, you you don't hear my COVID is a blessing theory? No, 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 no. Like, sure. But what I'm saying (laughs) is that I think they, the propaganda campaign had to turn on a dime Mm -hmm. because they had another plan. Mm. And what happened was the wrong side for them was against it and the wrong side was for it, for the regime. Yeah. They wanted this to be the right-wingers mm-hmm. who were like, mask up, and do a bit, because as soon as they were questioning it, questioning everything, they had to flip the propaganda. Mm-hmm. Like, Fauci came out and was like, don't put on a mask, don't do it, mm-hmm. it makes you touch your face. Mm-hmm. You know, no virus is large enough to be captured by that. <laughs> and I knew this just because I had gone through like countless hours of MSHA and OSHA training. Mm-hmm. And so like, Part of it got through. It was like this is the largest particle that can be captured by a, a cloth mask or an M99, or whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that he even said, "Like this virus is so much smaller than your normal virus, right?" Yeah. And I was like, "So what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Why are you yeah, now telling <laughs> me? Why are you now telling me that?" You know, it actually will do a lot of good, (laughs) but you said it does the opposite because of your, no, I didn't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What you, I am not even here. (laughs) Bro, come on. This is very basic. And then all of the like propaganda about it somewhere around March or April, like early April just started to turn the other direction. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, wait, all the people who were like questioning it are now fully on board and, and the news like i don't know if it was that was the intent was to confuse or if they just saw the writing on the wall that okay these people that we thought were going to be very afraid because their guys in power and would trust him are like okay we like him mm-hmm. but we don't like what you're making what you're saying <laughs> right you know like we still like him mm-hmm. but this like you can't do this it was
2: minus operation warp speed golly that I was like
0: yeah Anyways, we're not going to go down that things, road. No, but what I was
1: going to say though, real quick, is like COVID was a blessing in that way, where a lot of people were waking up to yeah. being like, "Oh, government overreach is terrible," yeah, yeah. and like COVID was terrible. Mm-hmm. It for people who actually got sick with it and who were old or mm-hmm. you know obese or had diseases. Uh, <clears throat> it was horrible for small businesses, horrible for economies around the world, horrible for the children. So ironic. Everything. Silver lining was though that on a personal level, look at us now. Yeah. We escaped that hellish world. That's Mm -hmm, ruled by these people who use COVID or things like COVID to control us. And we got out. And then a lot of people outside of this a more national international scale were like, huh, I don't trust anything anymore.
0: It was like a crazy perfect storm for two years that led to that too. It was COVID. Mm -hmm. It was the summer of love. Mm -hmm. It was, Mm -hmm. um, the botched uh, withdrawal. It was all of these things where people are like, oh, "Why am I?" What? Mm-hmm. I've, okay, for twenty years I've been saying this, but mm-hmm. now I feel this way. I'm, so, I'm being told I should feel this way. And it's just, Why do I feel like those crazy conspiracy theories? I know. Right. You
1: know what I was thinking about recently about all that stuff. Because like, it, there's there's a lot of things we could have looked at pre-COVID that should have woken people up. I always talk about like Tuskegee, yeah. you know, things that are like we could just point to and be like this is a heinous thing this government has done like why are you not always thinking about it and keeping that in your mind all the time uh but like people um i forget what i was saying though
0: i'm so tired i'm not not you bro i can't i can't i can't recover. i'm dying it's one of those things where it's like that should like it's the other side what i what i like to call the other side Mm the that bring that up a lot and it's like yeah you're right it mm-hmm. makes me not like the government. Like, right. no, 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 It's not mm-hmm. the government's fault. I remember. Like, huh? I
1: remember what I was going to say. Oh. I was going to say it's like exposure therapy. Oh. All of COVID and all those years was like, we are now being forced to stare at the worst things and you're going to have to confront all the, all the worst things about your country, your government, mm. yourself, yeah. everything. Um, so that's what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah. So. What
0: happened to like the, the redrawing of the political lines, like where, uh, you have people like, uh. Certain conservative commentators. This is what happens a, when you get the Tim Cast crew
2: yeah. on, on the paranormal show. Like, oh, oh, this, this is Tim Cast versus the confessionals. Leftish on the left and the right. This is a pure mashup.
0: <laughs> Certain conservative commentators. I, I'm not calling them out. Like, in fact, I'm complimenting them, saying like, you know, we were always like pro whatever business, mm-hmm. but not anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, not anymore. It's yeah. not like it used to be like. Corporations versus government. Which mm. one do you like? Mm-hmm. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. The battle lines were: Do you like pharma, or do you like government? Well, I don't like government, so that means I must be an apologist for pharma. But then you realize that it's a false dichotomy, mm-hmm. and that they're both in the same. They're both the same. Like, yeah. You know, like the idea that if you're a capitalist, you must love corporations is a joke. It's a fake. Yeah, like they are granted that <clears> status <throat> by a government. Yeah. it's like saying like childless parents. Yeah, it does. It's a doesn't exist <laughs> like you to be a corporation there must be a government granting you that yep. special privilege but and they are one and the same so i feel very good as a person of that political persuasion saying like i don't like either of you mm-hmm. you're both just awful yeah there's you know? no distinction no there's no
1: distinction
2: all right listen we've gone Two hours and five minutes, and I haven't even
1: started my overtime yet. Can so, we, oh no. so we? Let's should, take. Do we know another hour of politics, or <laughs> uh, let's get into what do you want to? Do? No, no,
2: no. We're gonna end this segment here, uh, and uh, you know, I, I hope people enjoyed the conversation. Uh, you guys. I knew it would be a fun time at least for me to talk yeah. to uh and I hope that people enjoyed it your audience
1: <laughs> I, they're going to be like what I'm was I'm a frenetic this?
0: weirdo
2: no <laughs> no listen there's I have a, a healthy balance of my audience where you know they they tune in for they're pretty much game for anything, really. I mean, as long as I don't, you know, if, I, if I'm like, hey, today we're going to be talking about the 76ers NBA basketball team, my <laughs> favorite team in the world. They don't care about that. You know what I mean? But this kind of stuff, they're, they're good with, I think.
1: And if they're not, they, they'll they email, email me about it. So yeah, Forward me those emails. I'll <laughs> yeah. add it to the list.
2: There you go. Next book. <laughs> yeah, uh, You put all the angry emails in the books. So.
1: Uh,
2: but anyways, uh, before we wrap up this segment and take a break, uh, I'm sure you guys got to use the bathroom or something. And we'll, just, we'll go into uh, some more conversation for uh, the overtime. Uh, let people know where they can find your stuff. Uh, I should have done this in the beginning, uh, but links will be in the description of the episode anyways. But about the book, anything you guys want to promote and stuff, I usually do it in the beginning and the end, and I forgot to do that. I'm sorry. I was just so excited to have my friends on the show.
1: Oh, okay. Well, uh, what do I have? The first volume of Inverted World, which is like a series of different stories from me investigating Long Island serial killer, simulation theory, ghosts, Alien Abductions, that's at invertedworldbook.com You can also go to shanecashman.com click on Vulture House Press and see other books I've released such as The Fucking Lunatic and Joyless Kingdom and um, you can sign up at timcast.com to get volume 2 of Inverted World which is the, uh, it will be the narrated and illustrated version of the gold treasure story I was talking about earlier and that book will come out in book form later in March and uh, you can go to timcast.com and check out all the articles I've been writing and you know, you can check out uh, the first part or at, by the time you hear this, you'll hear, probably see all three or four parts of um, the Eliza blue story, the Kanye West story, the Carrie Lake story, yeah. a bunch of other stuff. So thanks for having us, dude.
0: Absolutely. Um, you can find my work also at timcast.com. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called cast castle. It's a fully scripted sitcom used to be a real, like a behind the scenes vlog, but um, since I've, I'm doing my thing now <laughs> but if you like like what's the best way to describe old school YouTube yeah like it's like old college humor uh, yeah but, but with you know a different world view it's fun. better
1: cameras it's funny sometimes I'll yeah. show up to the studio and he'll be like i need you to wear this cape <laughs> yeah and hold this and, and then pretend like you're throwing like a plasma ball
0: yeah okay yeah are yeah, right. like all yeah. right dude yeah. so and that sounds absurd but <laughs> it's it, a it's it, hilarious it, and it's so much fun i push like if you're wondering is this for me if you like something to where it pushes it so far into absurdity that you're like i'm not sure this is for me and then it breaks back to reality <laughs> you might like this. (laughs) There you go. I'm very self-aware of the (laughs) silly things that I'm doing. But uh, yeah, we're just trying to, as Tim uh, is doing, trying to create an alternative when it comes to entertainment. Like, I am definitely one of those people that thinks we're entertaining ourselves to death, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't fight back with it. Right. right? That you do have to create culture so that people, um, politics is downstream of culture, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. So make the things so that people laugh at the absurd things they're doing Mm -hmm. so that they will change their mind. It's a whole you know, yeah, it's, and like that makes it sound much more like whatever I'm having a blast mm-hmm. yeah. doing what I do. There's a so. lot of good chicken jokes, a lot of good chicken jokes. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I, I'm in the same boat with that stuff. I mean, I actually, uh, Tim is actually one of the people that helped birth that desire in me. I, I found myself in a u- unique position where I was an audience member of Tim's and listening to him talk about things, but I also was a full time content creator that had this this Merkel Media thing that I had started to for the podcast side of things and i was like i think i can do more with merkle media Mm. and can i fight the culture yeah even if it's not on the level of tim pool can i can i contribute in this fight and so that's when i started really buckling down with some things and now merkle media's sole focus right now is well not sole focus but our main focus like what we're not bringing on any new podcast none of that stuff we are focused on filmmaking right now Mm. Uh, we're we're going to be I think this is the first time I'm saying it on the show, but it'll be announced anyways soon. It's my freaking company. I can do what I want. <laughs> um, uh, I We're actually coming out with a feature film, like an actual movie this year. Uh, we're going to be shooting uh, later this year. Incredible. And so uh, we want to do kids cartoons and all that crap. And it all really, the the desire for that, the, the, the awakening thought that I could probably
0: do something like that came from Tim Pool. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, it was really cool. And you're like, it's a different space, but it's, You know, like both you talk about, but it is just as important because there's a lot of people looking for answers in this Mm -hmm. space. And if they get the wrong answers there, that's really bad. And having somebody like you and other people in your space that are saying like, hey, there's an alternative explanation to these things. Uh, In my opinion, you're saving a lot of eternal lives. I, I, or at I least giving so. the uh, the opportunity for the real hey, salvation.
2: I just this is it's a cliche pointing them in the right direction. You yeah. Lead the horse of water; you can't yeah. make them drink. And I I I live my life like that, and I don't have I, it's very freeing that way. I don't have any uh, guilt or uh, weight on me. Is like, oh man, this person doesn't believe what I believe. Listen, man, <sighs> I'm just going to be me in front of you. If you don't like it, that's cool. But, you know, it is what it is. Yep. You know, uh, and and uh, anyways. Uh, so this is you guys and I appreciate you guys being here Uh, I
0: appreciate you having us man yeah dude absolutely really Really fun
2: so uh, well if they're members they're going to get more um, another dose of you guys and (laughs) and some of the members are like well
3: that's it I'm turning this on (laughs) Uh,
2: so just let people know what we're going to get into the overtime uh, we we, I want to touch on the Atlantis okay uh, Mm -hmm. because because Wesley has done uh, a lot of research into Atlantis and uh, I also want to actually hit on Shane's Paranormal Encounters uh, I, we hit on it in the beginning, but I want you to tell the story and how this all came together with that, that woman talking about the portals, oh, yeah. uh, and the dog man. Yeah. Cause oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> uh, I, I just want to hear it. Uh, but then I also want to talk about how the, the, the Kanye or the yay interview unfolded for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like, if we, I don't know if we mentioned it three, three million
1: hours ago, uh, <laughs>
2: but, uh, I mean, you, you, are, are, are you are you? You're at least friendly with him now. I would
3: uh,
1: say. I mean, we haven't talked in probably a few weeks. He got married and stuff. Oh but, yeah, uh, Congratulations. Yeah, but, uh, it was crazy. It was a crazy. It's been yeah. Crazy. So I'll tell you all about it. Right. We'll, we'll, <laughs> talk, we'll talk
2: about it over overtime. Uh, but like, you're just somebody who's been finding yourself in a position where you're interviewing these these people who are like culturally. Uh, very relevant in the moment and you're Mm. finding yourself in the middle of the storms and it's almost making me feel like you're an operative, but we'll talk about it in the (laughs) (laughs) overtime. Join us to find out. (laughs) Everybody's like, be careful,
3: be careful, (laughs) don't turn your back on him. (laughs) All
2: right, guys, listen, uh, if you're a member, check check into the overtime right now. It is available. If you're not, uh, we appreciate you listening and until next week, stay safe, take care and remember, the truth will set you free, but first, it'll piss you off. Bye.
0: Crack on cell, so if it's a variable it don't work well I wasn't here when Reagan was a cartel Pushing ball Do I rap, do I sing, do I preach? I don't know Do I lack anything, Via love? No I don't But we gotta be a warrior too, cause that's just what warriors do Baby.
1: With Jesus, I'm a chimera looking at these golden years flying by by fair force. they could cutting
3: that yeah. off of the food, too. Analytics they used to recruit you. Yours, yeah. a painting that sets on your son's too. They don't want the individual just to nah. carve a copy. You spitting Woo. that man a cottage. Yeah, I'm talking saucy. Woo. All they want to build is a prison world full of pet tamagotchies.
1: Ah. Let kamikaze, got me out of body like I'm Goku SS3. Woo. They want to push me to the center like a cell, they want to spin up at the center of the Nexus. Me, yeah, yeah. they want.